2: Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash Acast. That's greenlight.com slash Acast.
1: only
2: on PBS.
3: Hello, my name is Dave Hanready, and there will be No Encore. Welcome to episode 153 of the No Encore Music Podcast. Craig Fitzpatrick. Dave, what's up? How are you? You good? I'm very tired, but I, I don't want to say that because I always say that, but I am tired. Oh. I've been up since half five in the morning, mate. Wow. You look, you look already. fresh. It's Dohi. Do. Hey, hey, what's hey. going on? Hey, <laughs> hey. how are we doing? <laughs>
4: that
2: little guy? It's Dohi Odroni.
3: After. After two weeks.
4: Yeah. I got, I got a character assassination last week. That actually. wasn't character no, assassination it wasn't at all. all it was, was given out because i was I was trying to do something nice for somebody is that, is somebody. that, is that how We've this already goes eaten, on is it? Is, it is it just i'm only allowed to be friends with you, you guys what do you tell listener why you have not been here for 2 weeks well last week it was valentine's day like and i wanted to do a nice cook meal for, for somebody that i
3: love very much so like what why? did you cook
4: i got some badass fajitas going on it was really really good i'm really, <laughs> fajitas are my favorite food as i like i really really so hard. You're, very you're happy for you it was it was great it was great i enjoyed it a lot and the week before that, what happened the week before that? I can't even remember. There was in, some there it? was some genuine, You're like, in there was a gig reason. There was a gig. Yeah, I did yeah. a gig. Oh, I did, I did, a, I did a corporate gig. <laughs> I did a corporate gig, right, where I was in a corner of an, a room, and uh, they had obviously, they were picking different areas of the room to have different parts of the world, and my area was the Irish area. And above <laughs> my head in a big sign behind me was, uh, was the words, Dahi's Hipster Snug yeah which was like above above my head so um that was that was fun that was good that was, that was
3: pretty solid that's character assassination <laughs> <laughs> what we did was just tell the truth <laughs> <laughs> congratulations we'll get to <laughs> valentines night though because i did see you on valentines you night. did you did yeah, see that's you on right valentine's we'll get there night. Uh, let's get there right now. Yeah, what's the Why big- not? <laughs> Straight in. Let's do it. Suspense. So Valentine's night, Doki and I went to see Maggie Rogers. Not together. Not together. Obviously, I uh, had been booked out for yeah. the evening, <laughs> much like an old video game console. Was to make. <laughs> Maggie Rogers played two nights in the Academy. Valentine's and the night after Valentine's. I went on Valentine's night. It was incredibly packed, full of people, to the point where it was actually like difficult to navigate. Yeah, the academy.
2: How was the academy? Because the garbage. Was yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: in, it's a venue that I've kind of previously half defended because I kind of like the layout, but I'm retracting that now. Now, okay, first of all, this was a problem that permeated the gig in general. But granted, I've seen some people who won't be named say that, you know, it's your own fault, mate, if you're standing at the stairs near the bathroom and the bar. But quite frankly, (laughs) there is simply no excuse for the level of fucking conversation and loud chatter that was occurring for the vast majority of the gig in front of me, behind me, to my right and to my left. Why are you at the gig? Why are you at the gig that is, like, oversold and very hard to get tickets to? Why are you there? Why are you there? If if you're going to spend the entire time talking about, uh, here here's some subjects of conversation that I heard all about. A <laughs> oh, uh, bunch of lads talking about hurling local level. <laughs> uh, what? A, a few a few girls talking about a new boyfriend. Okay. Another girl who was recounting an anecdote from the weekend in which she said, and I quote, "And I don't think I was rude."
2: She sounds like she might have been rude.
3: She was definitely being rude in that fucking moment, <laughs> and then just generic chit chat about stuff. Uh, again, like smoking area of a pub levels on a Saturday night. That's Are mm-hmm. you
2: saying this is kind of endemic of the academy? It just seems to be for... It's endemic of, of, Irish. It's endemic of uh, Irish people who don't understand
3: what etiquette is. Uh,
4: I, d- I think it's I think it's pr- pretty prevalent in most pop gigs though, which is very much what this was. You know, like mm. Ma- the Maggie Rogers show was very much somebody of the moment who was like. I mean, she should have been the Olympia. I would say.
3: Yeah, I thought so, and definitely will be next time. Like, both yeah. both those gigs were sold out like crazy. I and even like the upstairs area, which is generally kind of movable, was full. The, the gig was full. Like the house very, very full. House. And to be fair, she was fantastic. We'll get to she that. Was so good. She was excellent. We'll get to that in a second. But what I will say, first of all, is I don't understand. I understand talking to gigs. I understand, like, you know, you pick your moment. You might have something to say to somebody next to you, like, you know, whatever the conversation can mm. be. And obviously, there are times when you might have to, like, impart some information. But I just don't get it. I don't get people who go to these shows and pay no attention and literally just gabber amongst themselves. And then when they hear like Alaska playing, they tune back into it for about three seconds and they put their fucking hands up and are like, yeah, it's my song. And then Maggie Rogers did like a slowed down cover of I Want to Dance with Somebody. That was amazing. It was amazing, but the problem is the fucking plebs Started started like, <laughs> started, <laughs> started tuning back in right, and they were like the peasants, and they the were peasants. like, Alone yeah, would call yeah. them <laughs> the upper the upper tier behaved like them." <laughs> and then they were basically like, you know, like like uh, tuning back in because they know the song for three minutes, oh, yeah. and then I was like, you know what? I was annoyed at that. Do you know why? Because they didn't fucking deserve it. They didn't fucking deserve it. And I was like, what the hell? This is awful. It's not my garage's fault. Who, by the way, was, in fact, fantastic.
4: But it's kind of an interesting thing because, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's kind of indicative of an artist who has had this, like, huge crossover, massive, massive pop single that everybody knows. And then, I mean, the album is done... Ma- like, well, but not like incredibly, like, yeah. take yeah. down the world well. So maybe, like, you know, you get <laughs> take like, down take, ta- <laughs> take down the world well. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, she's she's basically, you know, people are going because they know this one song from her. And again, it's indicative of like a pop, like, audience yeah that's sorry can i just like, can, yeah. I, can i
3: just sidebar for a second a, you know take down the world there like that. uh before we came on air tonight doji and i were discussing something and there was a line that came out of doji's mouth and i was like that's perfect remember before on the show i've kind of talked about like great emo band names Yeah. <laughs> and my favorite one being your friend since september so we finally have the debut ep title for your friend since september
2: go ahead the last recording of her <laughs> <laughs> sounds a bit sinister. Quite honestly, <laughs> yeah, I assume it would be. Yeah, but sure all the emo stuff sounds <laughs> yeah, a bit sinister yeah, when true. you put it in the right light.
3: your doesn't sound sinister, though. She sounded great. Even in a venue like the Academy with lots of people chatting, she was excellent. Uh, yeah. She was
4: absolutely on fire. The album track sounded better. Much better. Much better live. Than elevated than the, by a band, the for sure. Yeah, yeah for so. sure.
3: And she was a star. She is a star.
4: Such a star. Yeah, yeah. Great
3: yeah. charisma incredible connection to the audience she so,
4: genuinely seemed like she wanted to be there yep. she was like this was the kick off of her tour and she was repeating again and again how much she loved here and everything yep. um,
3: likeable believable relatable yep. cool great performer great singer good songs I think can only get better as she goes along mm-hmm. the band did as I say elevate the music it's just a shame that like you find yourself in this pocket of sound mm. where you're like, what the fuck? I mean, it's very festivaly, and I just don't understand it. I don't well, get
2: what it. What I, I don't get is the effort of paying the money to go to the, like it's, it's. It strikes me as the kind of behaviour of like a casual enough fans that wouldn't be arsed getting tickets to begin with.
4: That right? well, that's kind of what it's down to. I think like even though the two shows sold out, it did actually take a while for them to sell out. Okay, which is kind of more indicative of. A problem with there being too small a venue, rather gotcha, than yeah, yeah. you know, if it's sold out in five minutes, I bet it wouldn't be of yeah, would have yeah. been like that, you know.
3: I understand the second show on the Friday was much the same, I and mean, there were definitely parts of the place. If you were like in the middle of the main floor, it's not as bad. So certain sections are worse than others. The
4: front, like to say, the front half of the main room was diehard fans, like without a doubt, and then a little bit further yeah. back, like I, I mean, was in if, by the if desk. You,
2: if you are standing close to the stairs in the bar, <laughs> like you're kind of <laughs> you're being that guy. <laughs> No, I'm not saying you deserve it, but I'm saying it, it will be the worst area.
3: I know, but there's nowhere else to go. I got in late.
2: Oh, okay. Right.
3: I got in just as she was starting. She came out to Dancing Queen, by the way.
4: So,
2: what, so you're complaining <laughs> about? It, you're complaining about all these Fairweather fans? Uh, no. Dobby's uh, no. <laughs> face when you said I came in late was a picture. When I say late, I didn't,
3: I didn't miss, I didn't miss any of her. But I came in and there was like a massive queue for the bar, and you know, I was trying to find a good spot. And ultimately, it was difficult to do that. I was upstairs. House I was downstairs. <laughs> my my prob- my problem my problem with the like,
4: watch i i, I the act was was terrible I can't even oh, remember really? the name, but it was shockingly Jesus. bad but anyway uh, I was down by the sound desk on the side like if you, like my my problem isn't about like if you're standing by the stairs, you get all these people talking standing by the stairs is like gig suicide because yeah, yeah, there's just yeah. people walking up and down yeah, past yeah. you like I did at one point past you and I had to like push through to get all these it ears. took you ages it that's, was so difficult. But that's why i was
3: like, i'm not gonna, but also you at least were going back to a place we'd previously been the new album from the coin <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Travis, but no. Nice. Stereophonics, Stereophonics. <laughs> but you were Kelly, you no were returning. You were returning to a spot that you previously marked out for yourself, along with some unknown person who you were spending Valentine's Day with. So essentially, on top of that, I couldn't like fully like go. I'm gonna I'm gonna elbow my way in now. I'm gonna be the guy who's gonna like like come in and be like, "All right, how's it going?" It's it's hard enough going back. To, like if you go to the bar, like no one wants to go to the bar during a gig when you're like, "Oh fuck, yeah." I have true. to come all the way back through. I'm gonna try and find my friends. It's not gonna be good. But I, uh, for the good of society. I mm. stayed where I was. Do you know do you know what else was a really weird thing about the Academy? They now do um two pint
4: glasses. So like a glass that is twice so it's like the big That's American great. football things. So that you can kind of go to the bar once and get like two beers or That's whatever. A great
2: idea. It's
4: pretty intense. It's a massive, like, it's ridiculously looking. You guys, thing. you
3: guys working for the academy
5: now?
3: Yes, the your work. Just an interesting academy. gig thing. You As noted, know, two nights idea. Thursday, Friday. Also on Friday was the release of the biggest Irish album in ten years, Modern Love. By picture this mm. dropped. Have we all had a listen? Uh, no, we're not reviewing it this week. But. No, it's I haven't listened to getting it. Getting pretty heavily packed. It got. Oh Which, I'm, which sure. it, I, I'm actually quite surprised
4: by because yeah. usually people, even if it's like kind of a like a, a yeah. like a an album like this. So say certain if it's like, yeah, kind of, a certain level of goodwill. Yeah, there's a certain level of goodwill. But geez, Irish uh, Times like Irish Times gave it two,
3: or RT gave it one, and then <laughs> Arena crazy. that night, RT gave it one
2: star. Arena the the national that night. broadcaster.
3: <laughs> How many times has the RT website given something one That's star? A very good question. Arena that evening, uh, with Sean Rocks who hosts the oh, show, no, best name Sean. in the business, was uh, the block. the people on the show were Alan Core, who wrote the review, and our good friends, are Hedeman. Who both gave it one out of five? (sighs) Uh, Hot Press gave it two out of ten. Hot Press gave it eight out of ten. (laughs) Eight out of ten on Hot Press in a review. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't happen to be on the cover, did they? (laughs) Uh, Amazingly enough, they were. Also, (laughs) in a review that said, you know, took aim early doors at quote unquote music snobs. Good one. (laughs) Excellent. Hot press, like I mean, surely Hotpress started out as being the their music own star. fucking press release isn't as glowing. <laughs> so yeah, it's getting a kick in. and essentially they obviously are the band at the moment in terms of Irish whatever the fuck. Uh, in fact, they did some muscle flexing. They went over to New York to the Empire State Building to launch the album. And yeah.
2: uh, this seems like the, the move. The for greatest years.
4: building in the world. I,
2: I Gavin James do something similar. Did he or did he go to LA? No, and he, go launched, he launched his album some space. building. He launched his album in
4: space triggering the most famous Zara Hederman line my favourite Zara Hederman line was just like I wish she had just recorded that one album and sent it I up into did. space and that was it that was
3: like, <laughs> I think you're going to say triggering the aliens <laughs> <laughs> triggering article you're 50 you are going to come down and be like whatever uh, yeah so there's obviously a big push behind the band a lot of yeah. razzmatazz going on uh, part of the razzmatazz was that um, as we all know I work for Joe.ie and we sent a member of our team across to New York and as a matter of fact I was in the preliminary discussions to go to New York
2: yes mm. and you did not go did because it would have uh, a conflict of interest I was voted out essentially <laughs> <laughs> so
3: I didn't get to go I didn't get to go on a free trip to New York I've oh, never I been to, yeah. the to hang <laughs> around with would picture this I mean I don't know like, like stay in a nice hotel
2: it's oh, quite the devil's bargain I don't know could you have f- the devil's burden. is that sorry, <laughs> I mean a phrase that, <laughs> I don't know can I ask is that <laughs> we've your we've been listening to the gloaming this week I don't know <laughs> the devil's burden. is that your uh, is that
3: your wrestling finishing move yes it is <laughs> I assume it's a running dropkick into the corner <laughs> followed by a bulldog it closed a <laughs> uh, uh, headlock so uh, as Craig notes yeah the gloaming we're going to review the gloaming this week their new album imaginatively titled the gloaming 3 we will get to that also on the show this week we're going to have a very long chat with Tebby Rex I enjoyed that and I say that because it's past lads. tense recorded it last week guys imagine yeah. Magic of podcasting. Speaking of the magic of podcasting, Dohi, you've cheated on us yet
4: again. Yet again, yeah. Uh, this week uh, there was a music industry podcast that was released, uh, and uh, I, I featured on it. Um, I was talking about just how to be like a kind of a, a musician and do it full time and stuff as well. But like, I like I don't know what I was thinking because I like I curse in it so much. Like really? it's That's really right. intense. Like. There's one point where I say like three points and put a fucking in on each section for no <laughs> reason. Bob
2: Geldover, I like. <laughs> I must have been trying to like,
4: be bravado or something like that. It was so weird. I like I, listening back to it. But it is quite interesting because it, it covers like a huge ran, ran, range of people. Kind of Jenny Wren is one of the first people talking in it, um, and one of the uh, one of the band members from um, Bitch Falcon is in it as well, who were really really interesting about how to kind of be a band nowadays and what to be expected. You know, um, and a whole pile of different. that's like a, a lawyer talking and another like music accountant and stuff and oh, funnily yeah. enough like a lot of the bigger um higher music industry people that he was talking to who were making the big books every single one of them their victory victory story for the moment is picture this like basically so all of them are kind of going hollow victory is big success story of the last like year or whatever victory. um yes. he, <laughs>
3: well done he being mark graham of king kong company fame yeah, is the host. It's yeah, his yeah. show. Yeah,
4: um, he does a good job. Yeah, like I mean, he, he kind of he has been like around the kind of the music scene for a good while time. He wrote a book um, called uh, Round. Uh, I think it was like fest, music festivals, festivals in Ireland. A year festivals yeah. in Ireland. Yeah, where he went to like every single weekend, went to a couple of different festivals. The opposite of me, basically. Yeah, <laughs> and he's also in the band Con- King Kong Company, who would be a very regularly touring band in Ireland. So yeah, yeah. would have a kind of an idea no, of, of how it works. You can go check that out if um, you want to,
3: but don't abandon this podcast. Don't do. don't do it. Yeah, 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 no, yeah you
2: could yeah. have yeah. both. You won't I, um, get hot
3: takes. I travelled to Belfast this morning to the Output Festival to spread the good word about No Encore in front of a room full of people. Mm. Uh, how did that go? I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. I mean, like these panels are always kind of strange. You don't know how they're going to go. Uh, you don't know, like, if you're going to do good or if you're going to do bad. Or if people are going to show up, but it was a full room. Uh, lots of, of questions about podcasting, and afterwards, uh, like Niall could, of, could you term. answer them all? <laughs> I answered most of them well see this is the thing Niall of uh, neither 9 fame was in attendance for this because he was doing a panel of his own later that day and afterwards I was like uh, he asked me how I thought it went and I said yeah I think it was good it wasn't too boring or anything and he said no it was good um, and then he said you spoke quite a lot
2: <laughs> wow what a comment I like
4: you
3: and I was like <laughs> I did yeah <laughs> <laughs> what
4: was your what was your like, sure what did. was Lowed. your best point Your most like yeah. what, 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 was what caused like gasps in the room there was or?
3: no real gasps in the room too much I don't think uh, did I, you get any laughs I got a few that's laughs yeah, I popped the crowd a few times you know me <laughs> I said something to the effect of there's no excuse to not have a podcast that sounds good so if you're starting a new one whatever you do invest that's like, actually a really good point there's just no point in not doing it I can't remember I wasn't like keeping minutes in my own head essentially but like I, I thought Brian Coney of the thin air uh, made an excellent point when he said that Something that podcasts allow for that perhaps a different medium like print media or whatever, like long form writing, not that it can't, but it's more kind of, I guess, inherent in podcasting is empathy. The idea of empathy, having real conversations with people and also just kind of opening yourself up in in a manner... In kind of like, you know, a one take manner with somebody uh, that you have a real moment with them. And essentially the idea of people connecting on that level and not just people in the room together on the mics, but people who listen to the show in their own kind of ways, whether it's at work or going to bed or in the gym or whatever. Just the idea that like podcasting is kind of breaking a different wall. And I never really thought about it that way. Um... And he he kind of followed up on that by saying like if you were to think about it too hard and you want to try and present yourself as being an empathetic show you would probably fuck it up. But the fact is it comes naturally to people who are who are good at it and who are genuinely empathetic human beings. Uh, yeah, I thought he spoke very eloquently and he did a better job than I did basically is what I will say. But I but I managed to um, so check out his podcast. I managed to do just enough I think. Uh, and <laughs> you I got the, were great. Dave. And then I got the first well, train. out there. I got the first train out of, <laughs> <laughs> out of there. That's why I'm here. You know my <laughs> dedication. Did my dedication is. is for real. How was d- the train? Uh, fine, not great. Really? Yeah, it was alright. Uh, it, no, it was it long was long okay. train journey. Can be fun. Well, I was done? I was listening to the <laughs> gloaming. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say this: like uh, we'll, we'll jump ahead real quick to the review, and I'll say spoiler for the review: the gloaming is good train music.
2: Yes, yeah, it's good two and a half hour music
3: train music. Uh, but I've done more work, guys. I, I never stop, uh, and as such, I did something last night or the night before recording. I didn't think I would do, and I watched most of Brit Awards 2019. Oh, you
2: actually watched it? Ask me anything. Holy shit! Uh, Uh,
3: Not a lot happened, did it? Best outfit. (laughs) I thought Little Mix were really good. Uh, Some, I think, Lad Bible said that they look like strippers, which I thought was unfair. Uh, apart that from memory. that, I don't know. It like, okay, so uh, okay, that's that you was...
2: can't look like a stripper until you strip, really. Yeah, because you could, you know, you could strip at any stage. To be quite honest, <laughs> you could be wearing any outfit. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's here's a very thing. Here's a <laughs> hot take. After- here's <laughs> a hot take costume. for you. <laughs> Here,
3: here's a hot take for you guys. <laughs> Everybody strips every day. Yeah, oh, yeah.
2: Ooh. We're all born well. strippers as well. So there you go. So okay, that's Dolly's question. Craig, it's your question. Um, talk to me about the 1975 Making quite the statement
3: Not a question <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's actually better than a question because 1975, <laughs> 1975
3: did in fact make a statement The one best album And best British band Or best band Or whatever the fuck it was And Matty Healy In his acceptance speech Quoted Laura Snapes a Guardian and Pitchfork writer Laura Snapes Very good writer Even if she did come at me On Twitter over Christmas guys Did we talk about this? No Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. What happened? Uh, around Christmas time, The Guardian put out their list of top 100 songs of the year and shock horror, I made a snarky tweet about it. <laughs> now, for the purposes of this, I should add, didn't... Oh, I remember the start. I didn't add you. anybody in. I wasn't like, yo, at Laura Snapes, what the fuck is this? I just said something to the effect of, this list is really bad, and it was. And then I kind of followed up on it by saying, seriously, this looks like it was dashed off on Slack in about 90 minutes. And that <laughs> led... <laughs> That led Laura babes to, I guess, search for criticism on Twitter, and she found it because she replied to me directly, even though we don't follow each other, and I guess never will, (laughs) much like I will never write for The Guardian now. Uh, (laughs) And she said, uh, Hi, Dave, this was put together over a course of X amount of months with X amount of writers and spreadsheets and blah, 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 and then signed off by saying, Hope this helps uh, with an exclamation mark. I can't
2: stand those kind of And I wrote back,
3: and I said something to the effect of, Uh, Fair enough. I mean, I was clearly just not being actually serious, but bravo on the passive aggression there. Uh, or something to the oh, that, that effect. did she uh, like the tweet or not? And she came back and she said, No more passive aggressive than suggesting it was dashed off and slacking, whatever, blah, blah, blah. That's not passive aggressive. That's just aggressive. Yeah. And then I had some other comeback and then that was. I, I said something like, Yeah, fair enough. And then that was the end of it. So, like, <laughs> however, <laughs> uh, I like then to what you did go- you do, the beef. Well, I'll say this. She didn't have a fucking problem with me when uh, she wrote her pitchfork review of Girl Band, and two of her four paragraphs were basically based off an interview that I did with the band, but whatever. Um, so, hey, I was quoted. It's fine. Technically, I've written for pitchfork. It's grand. Laura, <laughs> if you're listening, I think you're fucking great. I, <laughs> I'd love okay, to what is this uh, Jesus. Into? talk to me about the Brits. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I'm saying this is because Maddie Healy did basically the same thing. Yeah, when he won he the did awards, <laughs> he, he said our good friend Laura Snapes, because she wrote an article for the Guardian recently about Ryan Adams. And in the article, she quoted herself, which I admire because I've done it myself. And she said about an article she wrote about Mark Kozlak, and she said, and I'll read it out now. Much like Maddie Healy did on stage at the Brit Awards on Wednesday evening, he said, "I want to read out this quote from our friend Laura Snape's from reasoning that she wrote and the quote is as follows as dave struggles to find it on his phone (laughs) here it is as it loads male male misogynist acts are examined for nuance and defended as traits of quote difficult artists while women and those who call them out are treated as hysterics who don't understand art so he literally just said that and then walked off the stage which led to twitter instantly hailing him as a feminist icon it's fucking <laughs> she was She was very happy yeah she was delighted yeah she was thrilled mainly about the shout out um, which I suppose it would be a, quite it a real. Huh? isn't it funny that Maddie Healy cancelled for allegedly being a misogynist by Zara Hedeman on this very show is now a feminist icon
2: yeah it, it felt quite like I, I was mean, talking to Zara today and um, she was not happy how <laughs> it went down uh, doesn't sound like Zara <laughs> <laughs> I kind of agree like it was just a very cynical thing it seemed like y- 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 there's nothing to base it on other than the vibe you get and it felt like a piece of kind of performative wokeness to yeah
4: me. I mean I presume like looking at the the nomination for both of the like especially the best band kind of thing I mean it was pretty clear that they were going to win it like yeah they were there some ridiculous nominations in there and like you know uh, so he, he he definitely planned it out beforehand and yeah. had a very good idea of what he was going to do yeah and for sure to be fair like uh, that is exactly the type of thing that people would want him to do out of one of those situations. Of course, yeah. And get the talking point. So if you're talking about Matty Healy as this like person, it's a good career performing. Move, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. As a career move, that's that's the thing you're supposed to do. Which we've seen time and time again with him. It's like he is calculated. as fuck with this type of stuff.
3: Yeah, you know? yeah. Are there any more questions before I run down the big results?
2: Yeah, talk to me. About <laughs> <laughs> you're, one those, you're one of those. You're one of those. This is more, you're one of
3: those. This is more of an observation than a question. People <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not.
2: Do not put that on me. I hate those people.
3: <laughs> uh, hey, Lynn Ramsey, great film and all. Uh, more of an observation than a, uh, than a question, if you don't mind. Two uh, no, I, them, did, I did
2: see the clip of um, Beyonce and Jay-Z. I thought it was interesting that they had the portrait of Meghan Markle. I didn't it think that was of, interesting at all. It was a nice touch. They won best group. What? Yeah, which was absolute nonsense. You didn't think that was the kind of cool move, considering the absolute fucking trashing she's got in the British press. It was, a, it was a nice kind of FU, I thought. Meghan Markle? Yeah. I just don't really care about that
3: whole thing. And also them winning best group was just bizarre. So, um, Dahlia, you've got one
4: more question. Uh, the best artist video of the year was Little Mix featuring Nicki Minaj woman like me. Like That's not a question. I know, but like, <laughs> like... Like, that is such a bad video. It's a like, great it's, tune, though. It's a great tune, but like... Uh, do you d- did it feel like on the night? Here's my question. Yeah. Did it feel like on the night that you hang of this? Ev- <laughs> ev- everything was already pre-planned. That like course, everyone had to get there. Dude, cover. it's a
3: fucking award.
4: And did like, it? It's... But did it feel like that on the night? Yes. Did it Like people were like al- almost ready, getting up off their chairs.
3: Especially because Little Mix were there. Then they performed and then won an award. So so the night came out and was like nine seven five won ooh. two awards and then performed in their tuxes. Okay, Calvin yeah. Harris did a fucking medley of not one, not two, but three of the worst songs of all time. All recorded by him and he had Rag and Bone Man yeah, then Dua Lipa Sam and yeah. Sam Smith but there's his last three singles of course They're he was doing pure that pure garbage and of course why, Lipa- right. but why was he doing all this because he was named producer of the year Ed Sheeran won Global Success Award and he wasn't there he was in Uruguay and did a crap video Drake won some award wasn't there the Carters weren't there Uh, even though they won awards but it felt more like look it is what it is and with the upcoming Oscars it's the same thing well the Brits it's it's an industry fucking night out
2: and also the Brits you know is going to struggle to get names way more than the Oscars so there is of course with this organizational type of stuff you're trying to get people there so there's a bit of kind of you know you're going to get this award just show up please please show up and do
3: something Jack Whitehall was a terrible host Um, at one stage he was doing like uh, annoying awkward sit down at the table comedy with Shawn Mendes who was particularly bad at doing this because he's not charismatic at all when it comes to this kind of stuff. And Jack Whitehall was like, oh, Shawn Mendes, you're a bit of all right, aren't you? Or whatever. And Shawn Mendes was like, hey, man. <laughs> and then he goes, you did an underwear modeling campaign recently. And he was like, oh, you're going to do that? Okay. And then, like, shows his phone. And Shawn Mendes was clearly hating his life. And it went on for so long that Shawn oh. Mendes' face was actually turning into fucking, like, a twisted lemon. <laughs> uh, but generally, no. I mean, like, it, it, no atmosphere. It is what was, it is. It's
2: usually utter cringe. Was it that bad? It doesn't
3: seem. No, like was No, 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 no. It was just generic. Nonsense. Like yeah. it was just generic, and like the 1975 performance was okay. There was the treadmill. He was on the treadmill. <laughs> he did, did the treadmill thing. Pink was named like you know. Oh, I saw best the icon. She was like,
2: yeah. It was um. What was it? it was some kind of like icon award? Yeah. But she was yeah. like, I can't believe I'm in the same category as the Beatles and Elton John and David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I can't believe yeah. it either, to be honest.
3: It's about damn time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ariana Grande won international female solo artist on the day that she was cancelled on Twitter for becoming friends with Piers Morgan. She was cancelled?
5: Yeah. Oh well, I, I, I think, think people were I think at- she's
3: not cancelable, however that word would be. Cancellable. However I like how I said it better. However <laughs> uh, <Incorrectly>. people <laughs> yeah, people are upset. Uh Best British single was fucking One Kiss by Calvin Harris. It was garbage. It was garbage. (laughs) (laughs) I love you just looking at the notes being like, no, utter garbage. Yeah, I'm looking. I am done with this. (laughs) Confused at my notes. So yeah, not great. Uh, And I was, yeah, just I was lying on the couch. And I I think it's when Calvin Harris won the award. That's when I was like, right, I'm off to bed. Good night. And I left the room dramatically. And I turned and I walked the other way. showed them. I went to bed.
2: go have a bath, no. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I had a sharer. I love you now it was a long day oh do you have any further questions Craig um, no I don't I think why are you dressed like a magician today That's <laughs> what I want to know. <laughs>
2: what do you mean oh the turtleneck you, I don't know Like I, I didn't have a lot in my wardrobe you've got a turtleneck
3: and a suit jacket on and I feel like you're about to try and hypnotise me
2: <laughs> I realise I've worn two turtlenecks this week and I realise I finished the Ted Bundy tapes over the weekend <laughs> and you wore them quite frequently and now I'm worried that Ted Bundy <laughs> yeah, yeah. has become is Ted Bundy style. your style icon yeah, subconsciously I guess <laughs>
3: fantastic so uh, there
2: is that, is that your question answered It was, yeah.
3: (laughs) Thanks very much. Uh, On the subject of, (laughs) I think this is a good way to pivot to the idea of pop music's growth, the myth, uh, you might say, I'm joking, of pop music's growing gender gap, because at the Brit Awards, there was a moment where Annie Mack, uh, while presenting an award, said, I think this is the first time in Brit's history when there's an equal amount of nominations for male and female artists. And then she goes, isn't that nice? And I was like, yeah, it's nice, but like, I mean, I don't know. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I don't know. Is it a thing? Disparity obviously is a thing. And we're seeing that more and more. Uh, there was a study done about a, a gender gap. And also on top of that, there was a, a music festival announced its lineup, the Transmit Festival. And everyone was like, what the fuck? Where are all the women? Uh, I find the festival one to be very difficult. I think the idea... I'm sure booking a festival is extremely tough to do. Uh, I know Primavera this year are the yeah. first festival in the history of festivals ever, I believe, to make sure it isn't fact. 50-50. And that was clearly planned for. That was clearly like the theme. That was clearly the goal. It can be done. At the same time... A festival like the Transmit Festival, I'm not defending it anyway because the vast majority of the acts on it are apps.
4: I mean, did you see the picture? It's ridiculous. Garbage.
3: Um, yeah. I mean, the picture was like when they stripped away all the all the female acts or showed you how many female acts there were on it. It's like four or five or six. Is it like? Yeah. It's
4: like four. I think.
3: Sigrid is a headliner, but
4: most <laughs> see these are the things. She's not a headliner. Oh really? She's, yeah. She's below the headliner, and like the first four acts are all male, like top headliners. Yeah. And like I mean, the the like. It's not like people kind of went, oh, why isn't there more? They actually gave suggestions of people that he could have booked, or they yeah, could have booked. The festival boss, yeah.
3: festival boss, is a man by the name of Jeff Ellis. Now, the headliners, he uh, is correct, are Stormzy, who we like, Catfish and the Bottom, men who we don't, and George Ezra, who is a nice man, but a shame that his music
2: is not fantastic. How are Catfish and the Bottlemen headlining anything at this point? That's, that's the real question here. Yeah, Catfish and the bottleman, who, like, I interviewed the main guy about five years ago, and I think my soap head was something like, could he possibly be a less annoying Johnny Burrell? And he couldn't really manage that. So <laughs> that's kind of damning in, in terms of this story of, like, not being able to find, you know, decent female people to headline. And, and he, he kind of, he
4: has this weird attitude to it as well where they they kind of, they put on the headline, which is like, he says, oh, it's about developing female artists. He, he was like, oh, well, we've had Secret on on this bottom rung here and now we have her on the main stage. She's moving up to uh, yeah, the main that's roster. That's such like, that's such bullshit. Like that's it's just, nice it thing, can't yeah. be that hard. And then he's also going like, oh, you know, it's it's quite difficult because we have Florence and the Machine um, as, on a different show this year and, and churches are headlining a different show as well. But at the end of the day, like, I mean, if you're a modern day festival, you have to do that thing before you release the lineup, where you just go, "Yes, how many are here and how many are here?" Because all you have to do is just take out all the, the male acts, and suddenly you look like the worst festival in the fucking world. Yeah, yeah. it's well, really no grim. three
3: one. times as many male as female pop stars appeared on last year's biggest hit singles, mm-hmm. according to new research from the BBC. Uh, Essentially, 91 men or all-male groups were credited on the official chart company's top 100 most popular songs of 2018, compared with 30 female acts. And that's despite the big success of singers like Dua Lipa and Ariana Grande.
2: But Craig, female pop stars are doing well, aren't they? Uh, Yes and no, according to the BBC's research. So... You have to like of Dua Lipa, Casey Musgraves, uh, Cardi B taking the limelight and many top prizes at the Grammys. Um, Ariana Grande obviously had that record of becoming the first female artist in UK singles chart history to replace herself at number one. Um, so like there's kind of, there is big stars dominating the charts. But I guess this comes down to there being so many writers, producers and producers. features on tracks the, now. The
4: major problem yeah. that I can see here is is it's just like they're... I cannot think of any majorly successful female producers other than somebody like Taki Monster or somebody like that. But like, that's the serious issue here. And they they go on to say in this kind of report that like the problem is is that doesn't there's, there's a huge amount of songs coming out now with the feature. So like, yeah. and that's that's indicative of the entire pop scene at the moment where you have a feature where there's a woman featuring another person, and generally that person tends to be a male. And more often than not, in the case of somebody like Dua Lipa, it's nearly always a male producer who she's like paired up with. Yeah. Um. And that, there's another issue that that kind of brings up as well which is this kind of like like badly conceived notion that if you put two women in a feature that there's some sort of like catty thing going on or something like that you know that is a weird one um but yeah i think the main problem is that like it's just it's really really difficult for women to get into the producer roles and like it's it's just it does what do we put that down to it just seems so strange i like i don't know it seems to be just a, a massively male dominated um industry I, I don't i really well, like don't know
2: I, is it because the production role is you're kind of pulling the strings to an extent it is a position of power more so than being a performer it's kind of it's probably you know it's it's in keeping with top industry jobs behind the scenes stuff being yeah. male dominated as well it kind of it's taking away from, from the former and it does raise that like yeah. question of you have a huge pop star like ariana grande but she's having stuff written for her or We've had this debate before about how much of it is her fulfilling her kind of vision of stuff, and we, yeah, we won't yeah, yeah. know. But it does become a question of creative agency, I guess. It's just um, it's just a really weird
4: one because, and, and then you think of like very successful female producers, and I mean, off the top of my head, the, the main one I could think of would be Kate Bush, but yeah. like, she's always known as the singer before she's the producer. And it, yeah. it feels like anybody who's producing their own stuff, and even a lot of these female vocalists here are like, are amazing at producing, but they just don't get the credit of being a producer. Like Lady Gaga is supposed to be an incredible producer. Bernie Mariah Carey is amazing at production. But like, nobody, everybody, you, if, it feels like if you are a female producer you also have to sing or else you don't get the the opportunities that yeah. other male producers
3: do. Yeah, it's definitely archaic. It's definitely a situation where this has been the norm, quote unquote, yeah. for so long that exactly, why yeah. why would we have any kind of structural change and that should happen. And again not lost to me, guys, that this is an all-male podcast. <laughs> like, <I> mean, <laughs> and, and to be fair, even like that panel I did say was like me and three other white men. And I'm like, oh, shit. Um, and even I've seen people today talking about that um, conference and people saying, I wish there was more women here, not just on panels, but also attending. I don't know. I mean, it's very fucking tricky in as much as like, I don't think you want to get into a situation where you're like, let's do it for the sake of it. I no. think it needs to be organic. At the same time, I'm not going to be a, a Steve Wall about it. <laughs> and suggest that there isn't an inherent sexism in the industry because, of course, there fucking is. Let's talk that about Steve Wall. I forgot yeah. about that. Oh, I yeah. totally Holy forgot. Yeah. It, was it was a, a full, on the was running a full order. week ago. Talk about putting his foot in it. Oh my I went God. into work and I was like trying to click into a nice 2 to 11 shift. <laughs> and I was like, I can't really like get get involved in this Steve Wall thing that's currently uh, brewing up a storm, you might say. Uh, terrible <laughs> guy that everyone made. And essentially, uh, when I finally got a chance to read it, I was like, as Craig put
2: it in the group chat,
3: how did you think it was going to go, uh, Craig? Give us the backstory here. It's
2: uh, it's kind of the definition of blissful ignorance, yeah. really, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. it's it really comes from a, a place where he's in a position of not having to deal with these issues. And Steve basically kind of que- got on <laughs> online and questioned um, the sexism that is kind of rife within the industry. And said, essentially. I've never seen it, um, in reference to, what was it again? St. Vincent. Saint it was, uh, yeah, Dash. sorry, it was St. Vincent, and he kind of finished it off by saying, um, no one's brought this to my attention before, and finished it with, What, what is she on about? <laughs> <laughs> Which was excellent, well done. He spoke a lot about maybe his got attitude some, to the
3: whole thing got People obviously were very quick to jump in, and yeah. to be fair, the vast majority of the discourse coming his way was critical for sure, but also very much like, uh, here. Listen. There was actually actual you, conversations like, happening. Not only have nice you just say, yeah. put out the example of sexism towards women, but You've also kind of shown sexism in yourself yeah, in that yeah. last stage. Here are lots whatever. more examples yeah, on top
4: yeah. of that. 9-0-9 and Andrea, clearly in particular, like did a really good job of explaining in a very clear terms, like <laughs> yeah. how no, no, how is, wrong he was, yeah. like uh, like very calmly lots explained. People did, like,
3: and essentially, there was a moment where he finally started to go, "You know what? I'm learning now." But he chose a man to be like, you know, oh, it's a bloke who's shown me this way, and that led to further, like, "Oh yeah, of course it is." And at the same time, I, there's I've some sympathy to degree in as much as like we talk all the time about men educating men. Yeah, you know, we exactly. talk about that kind of stuff you know, like the fucking Gillette ad and whatever the fuck. Um however it did not look good when he was like, Oh cheers, mate. You know, like obviously you should be listening to women and he and he did as well. I mean like he saw your bridge in my power as well. Uh, it was a mess. He was clearly very ignorant and uh, you hope he learned some lessons. However in the midst of this I mean he had a couple of absolute perlers. like I mean he had one quote where he goes I guess this is my Liam Neeson moment <laughs> oh god he he led with that
2: and I'm like yeah that was his follow up like, and I'm yeah,
3: like yeah. this is not something that it was, number one should, should be in the <laughs> yeah, popular yeah. lexicon <laughs> yeah. and we we'll, we'll do. all be doing it oh, too like Liam Neeson Neeson like, that's not like oh, I guess it's my Liam Neeson moment you know how it yeah, is everyone has a Liam Neeson and moment and then <laughs> wondering what a cotton tweet in his head he said something to the effect of you know I'm all my years in the industry like I've never encountered it you know blah blah Blah, blah, blah. the stunning love women oh
2: god <laughs> that was my favorite
4: but it was like there was like a build-up of it as well it was it was like our our tour manager is female our manager is female our, the sound person in cork the last day was female it's like the stunning love oh
2: women it's like oh it's man. so close to like spinal tap like yeah, what's wrong yeah with it being really sexy? is like yeah oh, it's Jesus. one of those
3: things again where it's easier to not say it and ultimately you know i think he was hope he was educated, but it's yeah. not surprising, I mean, is
2: it? No, it's not. But it, it actually did interviewed seem like, Steve Wall years ago, would you believe? I, yeah, I have done several times, probably. Kind of personable. my favourite instrument type interviews. He was
3: personable. However, I think he is one of those guys who, like, you know, if you go on his Facebook page, there's lots of like... <laughs> like really? Just kind of like, you know, uh, comes, I'm going to say this thing about society. And, um, yeah, like,
2: let's bring back real guitar rock and all of that yeah, yeah, jazz. Like, he, um,
3: would, he wouldn't have a problem with the Transmit Festival, I think. I'm alleging this. Don't come at me, please with your Liam Neeson moment <sighs> but, uh, it wasn't great wasn't great so it wasn't uh, but you talk about you know rock and roll you talk about <laughs> male driven <laughs> rock and roll and people up to no good let's talk about the worst band of all time the worst human <laughs> beings of all time Motley
2: Crue yeah and uh, more to the point the film about them that's being made uh, the film of the book The Dirt which is a horrific read have you read it? I have, yeah, I read it a couple of years ago and it seemed dreadful at the time. And now, <laughs> like in the context of modern movements and um, everything, it's it's just awful. It's kind of the debauched, cliched rock and roll story, plus kind of criminal stuff. Yeah, it's as bad as it gets. They're terrible humans and a <laughs> film is being made of it. Which, I can't see this going way,
3: well. <laughs> uh, the film is yeah called The Dirt, obviously, and essentially... It looks very much like a glorification. It's directed yeah. by Jeff Tremaine, who is best known for helming Jackass and stuff like that. It stars Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly as Tommy Lee and Game of Thrones' Ewan Rohan as Mick Mars. And it looks fairly, like, a, like like I say, like a lionization that we'll get into some stuff here and there, but generally looks to be like, these guys were
5: cool.
4: Yeah, the greatest rock band in the world. It looks dreadful. Overcome and their problems. To needless the to greatest-
3: say... In my capacity as a music journalist, I will be watching it.
4: <laughs> yeah, Would it be a no? Pop- no. Popcorn? Speaking of no
3: popcorn, I should give an update on no popcorn. Uh, scheduling conflicts have meant that it still hasn't been recorded. <laughs> <laughs> I am to inform working. the
2: people of what no popcorn is. No popcorn <laughs> is
3: no encore's upcoming movie and music tie-in, in which we will dedicate an entire episode of the show, bonus episode once a month is the plan, although it's not going well. <laughs> uh, in which we will sit <laughs> he down. Didn't say which month? <laughs> no, he did say be this month. Which we'll sit down and we'll talk about a movie that has some relationship to music, whether it's a biopic, a musical, or incredibly tangential. The first film that we're doing is Bohemian Rhapsody, and scheduling conflicts have meant that I have yet to record it. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm I'm not pro multi crew, no good
2: songs either. Uh, uh, rounding off the news section, Craig, Easy EZ, yes. E is not back from the EZ-E, dead. Someone else that was kind of um, immortalized in film in recent years, um, he's now being memorialized in New Haven after a bizarre campaign, which we talked about recently. Guy Stevens has nearly got his wish. Um, he was campaigning in a small town to get uh, the town to immortalize his hip hop hero with a statue demanded the town council erect it um, the town council said they had no idea who Easy was but they've now said it will allow the superfan to build a bench in his honor aww which is an Easy e bench <laughs>
3: It's what he would have wanted.
4: Do you it reckon? is what he wanted. Yeah, it's what he stood for. Would you be happy and with a, a bench? It? A
2: bench kind of feels. You know, a bit. you know that a bench. bench.
4: That bench is going to become a den of iniquity in that town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm against this. <laughs>
3: this a bench. The to louts me. are going to hang out around this a bench, bench. Is like something you get for like being a really good citizen in terms of like you know someone who maintained a park or fed yeah. swans yes, yeah, this fed, is it fed, for 400 no. years. <laughs>
2: like you get a bench <laughs> for Who's someone easy. Wasn't friend of this one. You do get a bench for someone that had an allotment in when they were yeah, living yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Away. totally yeah uh, some of the quotes are amazing a jubilant Mr. Stevens said it's a great day not just for myself but for the future of New Haven it might push for someone to fly over <laughs> He's from run the for America next someone, someone to fly, to fly over. over America <laughs> <laughs> the guy who played <laughs> the guy, the guy who played
3: EZE in the film Straight out of Compton
2: meanwhile the town council has been educated told the Argos uh, it is now aware of EZE after council officials conducted a Google search <laughs> it concluded sorry, 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 we spent 7,000 yeah, on,
4: a, on a deep dive in to he conducted easy. a
5: Google search <laughs> hold on I'm
2: going to keep going this story it concluded it was not a fan in quotation of his music um, but an offended mistress even said they clearly haven't listened to a song sipping on a 40 <laughs> but I am grateful they've allowed the tribute anyway I like that they've gone for the distancing there just to clarify we are not fans of yeah, this yeah. man's
3: music they had, um, they had a little bit
4: of beef at the end as well where like they, they kind of pushed back on um Stevens was kind of given out about that there was a a bandstand built on Denton Island and he was given out that it was going to be useless and then the council in a very like tongue in cheek when it was like oh well maybe you should invite a local EZE tribute
3: artist to come and perform on it yeah
2: they might have to get someone to travel in yeah they might
3: I said that was the last news story I lied there's breaking Neil's from news oh yeah you know him I do he has taken to Facebook uh, to announce that he's leaving Facebook (gasps) with a, a a screed that goes like this, dear friends. This page is soon not going to be active anymore. After giving it serious thought, I have concluded that Facebook will be the first of many <laughs> social media accounts that I'm the going first to close. Jesus, Neil's from <laughs> what's his TikTok like? I wonder. It's weird. <laughs> Neil's from MySpace going down. Uh, Facebook. His Bebo page is fucking lit. Facebook, et al. have become unwanted companions in my life, despite <laughs> the opportunity they are giving me to promote my music. Followers on Facebook work as a new kind of currency today, but I find the political, <laughs> and political and moral costs that come with it too steep to stay in the game. This game starts with seeing you and me as a currency and goes on with trading something so intimate as music and human emotions in a digital market that benefits <laughs> only the few. The picture repeatedly drawn to me is one where I cannot afford to leave Facebook because the access to fans that it represents. It feels like I'm being held hostage by a force out of my control. I'm no longer willing to give in to such perverse arguments. Rather, I want to imagine and construct a constructive world where people like you and I find a different way of interacting with each other, without laptops on our knees or smartphones oh. in our hands. <laughs> I want, Beautiful thought. I want to thank you for your loyalty through my music, my concerts, and the many encounters with you all over the world, not via platforms that monopolize our communication and commodify our ways of being in the world. Many conversations with friends in the last couple of months have supported me to make this move, and I was relieved to learn how many people around me feel the same urgency to end our dependency of social media platforms, in particular, and the internet in general. While these concerns are shared by many, acting upon them seems to be much more difficult. I would like to inspire you that, in fact, it is quite easy all we need to do is practice what we preach if anything I hope that my absence in the space will enhance my presence in the world out there that is where you will always find me
2: <laughs> sincerely and on Tumblr and on Tumblr <laughs> sincerely Oh, uh, there you go uh, I uh, interviewed of. him before in, at Longitude I think and uh, the conversation was kind of that earnest <laughs> really you know yeah, I mean? is he very he's a nice guy he's he's did you publish the
3: uh, interview online afterwards I believe I did Cause Cause you're gonna not want... to Facebook because <laughs> you're going to want to take that down don't worry about it Neil <laughs> alright uh, last week on the show we had a great interview with Nilo lots of good feedback on that thanks to him for coming in and thanks to everyone who said nice things about it yeah it was really great really job. enjoyed it so we're going to have to go one better and by one better I mean a little bit longer than a half an hour long interview why not an interview that I tried to wrap up at one point but Craig said no Dave carry on carry on <laughs> playing that's right the lads in question are Matt and Max of rising hip hop duo Tebby Rex fame and we had a very
2: lively discussion didn't we Craig we did yeah it was great um, lovely lads minute based which was great a bit of representation presentation yeah 66 <laughs> both represent Hiller Hillers comes, going yeah we didn't talk too much about that don't worry a little, worry bit, about though, a little yeah. bit a little bit
3: they have a new single which drops very soon as a matter of fact a t- day or two after the podcast comes out but we've got an exclusive snippet of it guys so we're gonna take a listen to number one symbol of peace and then we're gonna settle in for a chat Get ready. I'm
1: living peacefully, bring all the peace to me, shoot for the symbol, you better not miss The enemy friend of me sending the weaponry coincidentally all hypocrites. I'm living peacefully, bring all the peace to me, shoot for the symbol you better not miss. Number
6: one symbol of peace, peace. she peace. told me do better. Yeah. I ain't want to rap it with ease, talking, but I'm trying to do better. I ain't want to put it in a tweet, so I put it in a song. Basically, I was wrong. Anxiety got me strong oh. out. Stressed
3: Delighted in. to be joined by Matt and Max of Tebby Rex fame. Hello, guys. What's up? Hey! It Dude,
2: cut, with with, you caught Megan down. Megan's <laughs> also here.
3: That's how we do That's Craig's thing. We have to introduce everybody with that what, way.
2: Being warm and nice to people. It's a bit over the top. <laughs> like I don't uh, know. I think is it's it,
3: warranted. Is it good? It's yeah. good. Uh welcome to the show guys. I've been trying to get you on for a very long time. I'm glad you're <laughs> finally here. Now, there's only one place to start today, guys, and that's based off something I saw you tweet out earlier on. Mm-hmm. Hitch has not aged well at all.
6: Oh man.
1: 2005 knockabout Will Smith rom-com, Hitch. Man. Man. Do tell. I can't really remember.
6: So, I was watching a video uh, from a YouTube channel called CinemaSense, which just goes through like Issue in a film, yeah, and it just point out all the problems with Hitch. And like, let me just give some context, right? I grew up thinking. Yo, this I legit watched Hitch, Hitch one time as a kid and took notes on things and how to do things, right? Like that's very <laughs> smooth. That's very like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Looking back at it, it's like, oh no, you like this? dad's manipulating women in a very oh yeah way. Mm-hmm. Saying
2: Hitch is problematic, <laughs> but like I mean, maybe because <laughs> <it was, laughs> <laughs> <it was
6: problematic, laughs> maybe it was just because Will Smith in this heyday or whatever. But like really looking back at you, like oh, like it's like when she says no, she doesn't mean no. I'm like, oh shit. Oh, <laughs> or is that verbatim? Yes, that is said in the film. I, mm, it's not in like. A menacing way no it's all jaunty like, and jovial I worked in yeah. extrusion
3: when that was out and that was a top renter oh, so it was man. that and feels
2: very what 2005? 2005 yeah, yeah. so and we, it was like the pick-up artist was out. but we had it on in the, the shop the game and, like, that was the book
3: yeah. oh yeah the Neil Strauss thing yeah, disgusting uh, yeah, but like you uh, have like uh, the cover was like Will Smith standing there white background big red it's always like big red letters for comedy films like red and white that was always the colour scheme and it's Will Smith like talking to the camera looking really slick and cool and being like you the oh, viewer yeah like you're his mate mm. and you got the fucking great Amory song One Thing playing over it so you're thinking this is great I yeah. feel awesome this is nice and it has a happy ending but also it's just it's weird because he's, he's the
2: ending is where he recognizes he's been fucking yeah. Yeah.
3: and he says
6: he learned things thing. at least here's <laughs> the thing no she gets mad at him right because like he, she's like you're basically like getting people together for money and you're not being true and you're a liar and they have a big fight and then basically she finds out that he only does that he only matches people up who are in love with each other here's the problem you're in love with a stranger It's still fucking up and she apologizes <laughs> More to him. <laughs> she says sorry to him. She's like, I misjudged you. Obviously, you pair, you pair people only really care for each other. I'm How
2: like, does he know this? What's his like? Criteria? He's Will Smith. They added that in in the
6: in the, in the, in the, in the like. It may, it it's so bad. It's like he she's a bad guy for thinking. Hey, this
2: is kind of creepy. I expecting
1: this in depth cut up of no. This film. But, uh, Welcome the Pan Pan to this podcast, podcast.
3: We <laughs> It's yeah it's 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 upsetting cuz like yeah he's like the date doctor or something and,
2: and usually Kevin James doesn't put a foot wrong <laughs> so <laughs> the worst actor of all time <laughs> not great
3: have you seen the new trailer for Aladdin with Will Smith as the genie I
1: have not seen the trailer I've, I've seen the backlash it is genuine <laughs> it is
3: genuine nightmare feel
1: it, it, that's a tough one that's a big big shoot I fucking was, love that Aladdin was never gonna go that well. sounds horrendous have you seen
3: it no but it Man, sounds dreadful it's terrifying okay. like he pops up mm. and he's like hey it's like <laughs> no no no. <laughs> like,
6: but like the thing is like, I don't even think it's like a big shoot to fill it's, like, I just think it would always look weird right in terms of how the genie is animating the cartoon Tune. and cgi is cool but you, you can only do so much like even you know the new lion king trailer right yeah and everyone's yeah, going mm-hmm. crazy about it yeah i'm like this looks stupid because <laughs> it looks like real animals where's the personalities you know what i'm saying like where's the dumb goofy smiles or things like that it just looks like animals and they filmed and they added voice over onto it <laughs> yeah. it don't look good it looks realistic but it doesn't look good <laughs> But this,
3: this is the this is the Jurassic World problem where people recognize something from their youth and therefore just like run to it, like they're just obsessed with it because yeah. it's a reference. It's not the point. film industry now, essentially, me, yeah. it's yeah. just
2: constant like reboots. They're remaking Frasier Or they are not remaking it? They're doing a, a new series where they've moved on with their lives. <sighs> are those guys not like dead? Some of them. One are. of them is yeah, you know, John the dad, Lee, yeah. yeah, he passed away, so but
3: maybe he'll be CGI as well. Perhaps
6: <laughs> that, I would even play past him. Man, people is nasty out here. <laughs>
3: Um, yeah, so the, I guess this is pop culture corner <laughs> with Tebby Rex. That's what this podcast should be. I, I feel because uh, we were talking off mic, and I, I think I think you were going to take us to task for being an all bloke podcast. Okay, so so, so now that we've added two more blokes,
6: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 wait. Just for the listeners at home, there is a woman here, a white woman, granted, but a woman nevertheless. Who can, you know, but she has in. no mic,
3: and that makes us look worse yeah, now. Yeah, you yeah, cut her off. They, they,
6: they, <laughs> no, they, they, said, they said, Do you want her to have a mic? You're like, no, it's just for her. no women are allowed to speak on this podcast. Was the exact words you said off mic. That's I'm not, not, not like what
3: I said. said. <laughs> I arrived late, listener. <laughs> <laughs> I arrived late. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, no, I, I did say that in fairness. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always saying that. Like, yeah, <laughs> like if, if I can, if I can stifle a female voice. <laughs> That's what I'm here to do, uh, but like, like, let's talk about it. I mean, like, it's it's tough, you know. Like, it's tough being a middle class white guy, <laughs> like, oh, with a podcast. Christ, no, because I'm, I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware of this. I'm aware of having a podcast and like it being the new fucking cliche. of, Like, I'm writing a novel, that kind of thing. Mm. And thus, you know, you try your best. But Dave's also
2: writing a novel by the way. I wouldn't
3: actually say I'm writing I'm a joking. novel. I'd say I've written sections of a novel that I'll never write. Can we talk about anything else? Sure. <laughs> like, let's talk about feminism. What, does it make, what kind of novel is this, real quick? Oh, I, I honestly, like, I don't know. I just got a bunch of characters in one building, and
6: that's where it starts. The character, I think, you work backwards from the character. You know,
3: I think you have to. I'm not good at it. Like, I'm better at descriptive scenes than dialogue. I'm really bad at dialogue, as you can probably tell.
6: Uh, (laughs) uh, The man who has a podcast. You know what's funny? I'm so bad at descriptive scenes, but I'm amazing at dialogue. Like, we should really pair. Honestly, honestly, I would do. Like, I remember I did like a writing class in college, and they were like. The dialogue's amazing, but nothing's really happening. They sound very cool and they're talking very natural. I'm like, Yeah, but they're talking cool. That's the social network, the movie. If you think yeah, about that. Yeah.
3: which I thought would have been terrible. I remember seeing the first okay. trailer for it and being like, Why the fuck are they making a film with Facebook? And then I found that Dave Fincher was involved in Aaron Sorkin, and I was like, I still, I still it won't work. And then I saw it and I was like, This is great.
6: Aaron working soundtrack as well. Killed that film in terms of the writing. And like it just it all the the best thing is like you know good dialogue in a film is, like, when they're talking over each other and it seems very natural. Because that's what people do. People talk over each other in heated situations. It's not like, you say your point. then I say my point? That's not how, like, you know, yeah, the conversations yeah. go. I oh, don't know. It's just very good. Is this about music? Is- yeah, <laughs> I mean,
3: like, to be fair, we do we do enjoy kind of going down a lot of tangents. So, I mean, by all means, we can, we, we can bring it yeah, to We're tangent-friendly.
6: Oh, cool. no, we're yeah. cool, man. We, that's good. All areas. But that's another thing we were
3: kind of saying earlier on when it's, like, I was saying that I don't like when, uh, like, a band has nothing to say like oh, I mean like, yeah. like when you speak when you speak to somebody because we've been in interviews now for like fuck, what, 2010-ish yeah in one capacity or another nine
2: nearly ten years Jesus I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, feel old. old yeah.
3: and like that's like I've lost count of the amount of bands Irish or international that I, or acts that I've talked to they're just quiet they're just
1: quiet that is odd though when you think about it, there's no social commentary from a person who looks at the world from a creative perspective no you give
6: me, you give me bands credit a lot of bands just do love songs packaged
1: different ways you're correct yeah. you're correct yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just because Don't you're name names, and just but... because you're good at like one, <laughs> name the name, name the name. <laughs> but if you, just because you're that. good,
2: yeah. and that's kind of assuming that they're good. Uh, well, like one mode of creative expression doesn't mean you're going to be like a really talkative person. Actually, quite the opposite. A lot of times with musicians, yeah, they're not the most talkative of people. You do me a lot of shy people in yeah. fairness, and like that. That's not necessarily an attack on their character. No, but it
3: must be a nightmare
2: for them having to do constantly. Uh, I like, would say cycles. though,
6: musicians, and this is what a lot of musicians have been saying as of late, is that they usually. Um, do these like five ten minute interview sections yeah. where it's like you want to get as much information out as possible. It's very quick and short. I think when you put Iris on a podcast for the first ten minutes, a little bit cagey. Then by like minute twenty thirty, they really start to draw themselves yeah, out a lot more. I think yeah. podcasts is the best form of interview right now.
3: I think so, and like it's interesting because there are times when we'll have people on for the first. Like I, I just met you guys for the first time properly just now. Uh, I hope it's going well. Uh, but like it is like being on a first. <laughs> Who date, or up or there. It's <laughs> like being on a first date with like different people, uh, which is appropriate because we're recording. The, we're recording this on Valentine's. Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's. Day, Valentine's, Day. Valentine's Day. Day. What's exactly. the crack? How you doing? Uh, best day of the year.
6: I got, I got a rose, so I'm not complaining. Nice. Did you? Yeah, congratulations. congratulations! I got a rose. I've never, I've never gotten advance times Day gift of any sort before. So you've left it on the rad, so oh, it's totally just going to
2: wilt, dude. Stu- Did you just call oh, the radiator the rad? Yeah. Oh no. Where oh, no. Oh, no. Are I you live from? in Leekslop? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jesus no. Christ! Yeah.
3: Uh, you guys are in Manuth, right? Or like, a, well, uh,
1: well, we we were formed in Manuth. Yeah, 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 we yeah. don't live anymore. I live in Dublin now. I live in Kildare, So
3: Craig has been banned from a lot of nightclubs in the
2: Greater Leeks. No, that is not true. It is true. No, I was banned from the same nightclub multiple times in which was. Club. Um, it used to be Zinc and also the Ozone. It was the same place. Oh. I used to work there, so they'd just be like, "Greg, you're banned <laughs> <laughs> It was all fun and friendly. You're painting me in a very bad light. I'm not. I'm just days. telling them the truth. They um, want to know who you are. You, but Yeah, you, no, never been. You say you've also you been the great spot,
1: Supermax and Manute for a period of time. Oh yeah, I mean we've all been. <laughs> 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 How yeah. does that happen? Was that um, mine? Was a claw machine related incident? It was. Uh, <laughs> it was like it was like Christmas Day Manute, there, summer ball Manute, there's like all the basically when the students turn. Supermax into a fourth nightclub in yeah. yeah. And we were just like, I walked up to this claw machine and I knew I'm quite good at this claw machine. You know, the thing that grabs the teddy bears? I put the one yard away in and I won. And everyone was like, wait, and people started getting a bit rowdy about it. And I, was like, I won a second one, and they're like, oh, the second very, very intense. Yeah. And by the time the third one came around and I won that, the uh, the security that they have on Supermax is like, right, you, that's it. You're done now, don't pay that a bunch of heavies in a room looking at cameras <laughs> like <a drake laughs> yeah. as They're as like, <laughs> enough of this. And I, and I looked at him and I put the thing in and I won. And I started singing K sarah, sarah the security fence they And just, they just threw me out Like Proper like bums rushed Grabbed me and threw me Jeez. And I wasn't let back in For a long, long time Um. But then eventually they got new security guards in because yeah. those guys were a bit bit too aggressive for throwing yeah. students out on their ass yeah. like that. A bit, a bit too um, much. Like, and now I'm back in regularly, cleaning up. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> when was the last time you played the claw machine, or did they get rid of
1: it? Like, I I only ever played in Supermaxes. So so I've never been a Super Max player. But until then, because the other ones, the other ones are too complicated and too hard to win. But Supermax one seems very easy. Hey, yeah, I was gonna ask, like, like how do you how do you get good at that? Like, like, I think it's just that machine just isn't that great at yeah, like deterring yeah, yeah, yeah. business. Maybe I don't know what it is, but that one just seems to win a lot. Maybe it's The Shape of the Teddy Bears, I don't know. But uh, I've had a lot of clown machine disappointments as well. But let's not make this podcast about that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. it's kind of interesting. <actually. laughs> it sounds more like a five-part podcast. Yeah, which yeah, probably I mean, so I'm, so I'm so writing so a properly. novel about it. Mm. <laughs> Do you need dialogue? I, like I, could, I could definitely jump in.
3: I'll definitely work like like on dialogue or descriptions. Like hey, we should
6: tell me the story off air. We figured this out.
3: I'll try and yeah like it's I'm yeah I, I will off mic because yeah stop, stop it's breaking like, up
2: the band Dave. I'm for not
3: crazy. No, he's in, like sitcoms
1: and stuff like pilot episodes and send them to oh, me shit. before. Yeah, uh, yeah, not yeah, even man. so I could read them, just so he could store them somewhere with another person. He's like yeah. ignore this and send me like his ideas for characters <laughs> <Cap-coms> of fire <laughs> or something. Oh yeah, no because like, I
6: I always said Matt's stuff and he has no idea. It would be like the weirdest thing. about like, this would this week cool idea for a music video. So he's constantly spamming with like weird weird stuff. I give no explanation. I ignore that. Or Don't mind what that it's is. To I was hard. gonna say, so like
3: you're basically his living drafts folder. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Man. <laughs> is that what you thought would happen when you guys first met?
1: Uh, the- I had an idea, but now yeah. if like everything
2: ever never happens, so I can just steal your ideas and run. True. True. Yeah. Hey, like- I got tons though. I got
1: too many good ideas, <laughs> so it's like it's cool.
2: Because you didn't start doing music just based on a natural friendship. It was like an audition process kind of thing, wasn't it? Yeah, he knows audition Mm. process. He got auditioned.
1: Yeah, I got auditioned without knowing, yeah. (laughs) He put up a status on Facebook and was like, this is after we kind of met through like a music talent show competition in college and then we became aware of each other and then put up a status and said i want to make music like like N E R D, erd kate nash kind of childish gambino chance the rapper kind of stuff yeah and i was like i love all that i love that but i didn't really have an avenue to make hip-hop music as a as a white male (laughs) it was Uh. like it was tricky it's a risky one to jump into and i was like oh, okay actually you know this could be really cool i could like sing some hooks and stuff and we got together and then press out playing some music together and writing some stuff but i didn't realize that he was meeting other people at the same time as me this is dirty oh, dirty dog yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then decided to pick me because you said no one else sounded much like me or it wasn't necessarily because i was good
6: no 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 because no, you weren't great but you sounded <laughs> you, you sounded potential. bear with him <laughs> no no no. he's not even potential Like i think a lot of people have potential you just sounded like him you know what i'm saying like yeah. i don't know many people i can't name anyone who sings like Matt, or sounds like Matt when they're singing? Or that's like you go into Will talk like deep, deep, and like who go, who knows where it's going? You know what I'm saying? Like, which is this? I think this really cool thing. To, like, be like, I have my own sound, and whether or not you like my sound, because when we started off, like, we were not good when we started off. Like, some people were born instantly with talent. Like, I remember being friends with like uh, Hair Square when we were young kids of 15, skating in town, and they were just always dope. Like Jafaris was just always dope. We were very much shit for a very long time <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but we sounded like us and no one sounded like us and I vibed with that so I, like but the thing about the status thing where he's like oh he was like interviewing me and all that kind of stuff I'm like well other people commented and said yeah I would like to do that too under the comment True, you yeah. did so why would you assume I would just go to you I mean other
1: people also commented I didn't assume and that like... <laughs> but you never told me that you met other people until like we were <laughs> making music special. for two years together yeah. then you brought it up no, it was like, like, a, it was, by the way it was like oh,
6: a a bit like it was like yeah. By the way, I you know what I'm saying I, I met like two other people. And I was like ah, that's cool. Or, some people sent me stuff. I was like this is cool. I wasn't excited about nothing. Though, you know? I like yeah. I've like I said I heard you sing the song Morning concert which we performed still
1: so from time to time. I'm like oh, this could go somewhere. This could work. Oh yeah, that was like the original song, one original song i had written. Yeah, but the time yeah. I, I hadn't written any rap music. Yeah, yeah. I did. some we weird you you, know, you got into poetry though. You didn't even write rap music for a while. For still, age. I was like still. it was so out of pocket for me. Like I felt so uncomfortable in that box. Yeah, or leaving my own box, I guess. Um. That I really tried to avoid. Any like whenever Daff would send me like a harder beat with a kind of heavy bass on it. Because we it took us a while to move away from guitar music, even. Yeah. You know, to to actually me leaving, putting a guitar off stage and being kind of really naked on stage. Um. But after a while, and after a lot of awkward shuffles around up on stage, I eventually figured out what suits me in hip hop which yeah. is nice
3: well now that both Craig and I have taken a crack at breaking up the band uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about some new music <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about some new music uh, the new song is number one symbol and according to the blurb that I have received directly from you guys uh, the song is based on one simple observation that most bad people don't see themselves as bad people if given the freedom to craft our own narrative we'll always cast ourselves in the role of the hero it's what society tells us to do but more importantly it's what's easiest we've already decided how the story ends with us as the hero the number one symbol of peace so and this kind of ties and something that I kind of saw you tweeting about recently. I think you're tweeting about Liam Neeson. Yeah, and yeah, you're kind of making the point that um, just because you fucked up mm. in a situation in your life and you've apologized to that person and you've meant mm. it, that doesn't necessarily mean that you should automatically get absolution mm. from that person. That person has the right to withhold. I mean, maybe that doesn't
6: apply directly to this, but it's kind of, I, I thought there was a bit of a correlation. No, I think it's definitely there. I think it's, um, I think, if anything, this song would be a perfect example of the Liam Neeson thing because I think. It's the it's awareness of I've done something wrong. By the end of the day, I've decided that I'm a good person. And regardless of what anyone says right here after that point, I've made that decision. So the whole song goes through this process of being like, here's something I've done wrong and here's a mistake and all that kind of stuff. But, I, but it always, the start of each stanza, because like it's like one long verse I've like, broken into four stanzas. The start of each stanza says I'm the number, number one symbol of peace. And the very last stanza is like, you know what? No, I've done nothing wrong. It's like, let me breathe, you know, you miss me when I'm gone. Like, it's the thing of like, all that awareness I just had was temporary. Because at the end of the day, I've decided I've done. I even if I have done something wrong, I'm still a good person. I feel like that's the Liam Neeson thing, just wrapped up. Because like he was like, yeah, this was a mistake I made, and I've learned from it. Cool. Why are you guys angry? And he, <laughs> it was a fundamental thing that he couldn't understand it. You know, and like the thing is like maybe Liam Neeson, forty years ago, maybe he's a completely different person. Maybe he has like massive racial like incident. And yeah. He was like trying to just attack a random black person. Maybe he's completely reformed. But it's like you don't get to decide that people don't care about that. You know what I'm saying? That's not your choice to make. If people want to hate you off that, whether or not you're a different person, you have to appreciate and take so the fact that you've changed for yourself, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't have to forgive you. Like, you know, I don't care what you do past this point, you know, and but that's yeah, even just no me part part personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then especially like, you know, in terms of like, uh, you know, let's say like people who've dealt with actual racial violence. I've had people swing on me for being black and no other fucking reason, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, Oh, I feel you, you've grown, fair. Like, maybe I just don't care. And, like, that's something you speak personally. Like, I don't know, I feel about a thing. Like, I don't fuck with him. And maybe in 10 years' time, I'll be like, ah, oh, I've let that go. Fuck
1: with him before, huh?
6: Not really. <laughs> it's like, I don't got no strong opinions about Liam Neeson, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, now I'm just like, I wasn't watching movies before. I'm gonna go watch them now. I'm not calling it a boycott, but. I ain't gonna pay no ticket money for it. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, so
3: yeah. I must confess, I went to see that new film last night for free, but I felt bad. Was it, about it. good? No, it's terrible. Oh, good. It's really bad. <laughs> like I was annoyed by it. my friend walked out free screening and he walked out. Oh, What's man. the film again? Like, Cold Pursuit. Okay, it's rubbish. And I did. I had that kind of momentary thing of sitting there being like, Am I, am I like? Am I? Am I enabling
6: this? Am I? I
2: even though it's like a... the fact you weren't paying, <laughs> <As> <laughs> I, paid you paid fucking, <laughs> I paid for fucking. I paid for. overpriced popcorn that yeah. I didn't finish because it, it, it was gross. Was
6: and that's such an interesting question, especially as you guys, music reviewers, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, whose music do we? Let's say, for example, a terrible person. Um, I'm not gonna use the R. Kelly example, too terrible. But like someone, let's say, a, a bad motherfucker, a bad person. Like the whole thing we're going on with Sheck West right now, in terms of like the yeah, yeah. accusations of like uh, assaulting his ex. Let's say he releases an album. Let's say the album is dope. What position should I put you guys in? Like, what tricky do you one? Say yeah, about it? Like, I mean, do you even review well,
3: it? Well, I'll be brutally honest with you. I mean, like, we're like, we talked about Ryan Adams. We talked about yeah.
2: like it's been something we've had to sidestep in the past in terms of albums. And to a degree, like, well, I mean,
3: to like, I f- well, I mean, like, think instances.
5: Well, I mean, when it comes to like
3: covering a new story that's particularly harrowing and difficult, uh, like I No Encore is deliberately by design fun and witty and irreverent for the most part like I mean like we're not Newsnight review but at the same time there have been many instances of things that have come up and you're like yeah. well to not talk about this would be just irresponsible it's in our sphere of stuff like, I, like I was strange a, if we didn't mention it I was a, a massive fan of Brand New like a huge huge yeah. fan of Brand New I was obsessed with that band and then I think days before they were due to play Dublin uh, all the allegations came out against Jesse Lacey of his sexual misconduct, which I believe, I believe that they are true. And I messaged my mate Kira when it happened, and I was like, Well, we're not going to this gig, right? And she was like, No, we can't. And she's a bigger fan than me. Mm-hmm. And we we're just devastated by it. And the new album came out, and I was so excited because mm-hmm. Brand New meant, like, Brand New was like a band that I would, I don't thankfully don't have any tattoos of Brand New, but I was considering <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, oh, dude, I've, like, I've got tattoos of, like, uh, I got tattoos that relate to a band and relate to a book, and I every few weeks I'm like, please, 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 like can, can, <laughs> I, can, can they just not turn this is out? Why to I don't be? have any tattoos? Yeah, your <laughs> like please, like just please, like it's getting to stage where you're like, fuck. But we're brand new. Like we talked about it, and I very much was I discussed my own kind of personal experience with that band. They're a band that helped me through a lot of fucking bad times, and then I was like, well, that's all. That's all tainted now. That's all. Yeah, like, I and, feel
2: like even more so than like film with music. Y- when someone's kind of singing or rapping to you, you feel like you almost know that person, and the the mm. music gets so entangled with your own memories of stuff. Mm. Obviously, it's a very trivial thing compared to like abuse that other people go through, like firsthand. But you do kind of lose something of yourself when you're that in love with a band, and it turns out the people were awful or whatever. It's like a it's a strange relationship I think that you have. With, yeah, with it's very with, intimate like with fandom, even though you know nothing about them.
3: Yeah, with the artists and the yeah. art that you love. I mean, there's always yeah, there's always that argument about like you know separating the art from the artist. But I think you know. Uh, we've definitely had stuff before where we're like, "Well, we're not reviewing that. I'm not. We're not. We're not doing that new song." Giving them the yeah, because it's not want to cover whatever, it. Like, yeah, it, like yeah. it doesn't feel so. Yeah, I mean, like, but it is like it's, it's complex. And like, yeah, I think Greg is right in as much as for us, like that's a five minute conversation of like, should we? Yeah. But obviously, for people who've been genuinely deeply affected by it, that's much more important.
6: Um, yeah, you know, I think so much of the song is kind of about that because at the end of the day, it's like anyone who has like a hero complex, you know, is it's given to them, right? It's not something that they develop out of the blue. Like, no one who is an isolated person with no friends thinks that they're the fucking best ever. It's people telling you you're the best ever. Like, I think if you look at the situation with, like, let's say, XS and Toss while he was still alive and everything, mm-hmm. it was like, he was at the stage where, regardless of what he did, his fans would rock with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, and this like this whole song, I feel, is inspi- inspired to me by Kanye West. Because I feel like Kanye West is, I would say, the greatest heartbreak of my life. I Honestly, honest to God... It is definitely the greatest heartbreak of my young adult life. And it occurred to me at one point when I was being very upset by this whole thing, was like, this guy is a stranger. And it's strange that like yeah. I, I'm disinvesting in the life of a stranger. And that's what this does to you. Where it's like and Kanye West never has to be held accountable because his fans will hold him accountable. Like for so long, up until like the slavery was a choice thing, I was very much like yeah, but that's Kanye, though. I, even me as someone yeah, who, like, likes yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. To him. I was yeah. ready to defend it to death. And to this day, he hasn't done nothing super terrible where like, I won't listen to his stuff. I'm just hoping, but I'm not actively supporting it. I'm just hoping he doesn't do anything past this, right? Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because, yeah. like, for, like it was, like, even, like, I remember, like, the Exorcist Hosseum thing. Before that all came out, used To love his music, right? And then when they all came out, I stopped. Li- but even before it came out, it became a big thing. I was like, I heard about it on the internet because I was like a fan of his. I just stopped listening, and the album came out. His album said, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go listen to this album because I feel like songs on here are probably gonna be dope. I don't want to experience that, yeah. Because yeah. it's just like you're doing something to yourself and doing something to the victim, and it's all that kind of like weird, kind of kind of It's not
1: through anymore, though. It's always in the back of your mind. Like, I, I, don't, I probably wouldn't listen to it either.
6: No, I, I mean, even today, I had to take like Sheck West off my place because I'm just like. The song is dope but Yo like unless something happens where you can actually prove you did nothing wrong, it's tainted that experience for me now. And then especially my thing is and like my mindset is like if I'm playing this shit out loud, true speaker and someone who's dealt with like domestic violence, some shit, hears that and feels a certain kind of way. Mm. That's on me. That's not even on him now, because that's me putting him it in their face. That. Yeah,
2: yeah. So that's a people will also
3: a jump through serious hoops though to defend those artists, or oh, they yeah. will, or they'll be in complete oh. denial. I think over that's
2: it. kind of human nature, where you know we have a certain assumption of people, and we feel like you know we're in their corner, and then you are kind of inclined to it. You have to almost fight it yourself. Hey, well, you living go, If I didn't, if I wasn't a fan, how would I react? Totally different. Yeah. I, no, I think
3: yeah. you make a good point with regards to, like this guy's a stranger, because I like candy West, I'm a huge fan, and I find that. Uh, it's getting harder and harder and harder to defend Kanye West. Like, it's almost beyond the point of doing it. And, like, at the same time he put out the Kitsy Ghost record last year, which, like, dragged me out of the fucking mud. Like, I was, yeah. like, you remember how bad I was at that time. Like, I was so fucked. And yeah. that album, like, was, like, a bolt that just hit me and, like, it made me fucking, like, raise myself up a little bit. And I was like, how is this still? And then, of course, two weeks later, he's tweeting some stuff and I'm like, oh, Jesus wow. fucking Christ, stop. Yeah. Like, I'm just
6: like, That's please. Really awesome. <laughs> you, you know what? My mantra has been as a late? This is kind of deal with the situation, especially for, the let's say, because I think there's different levels of severity towards it, right? So for the Connie West thing, it's just occurred to me that, like, just because you do something great doesn't mean you're great. And having that knowledge is like kind of helped me a little bit. Where I'm just like, Kitsy Ghost is like, and Daytona as well, the production. like, Those are masterpieces in my opinion. And yeah. you've, you've done something unequivocally amazing. Like, you know, Cause Dropout, unequivocally amazing. A great work of art, a great thing for music. I don't think you're a great person anymore. And the problem is what we used to do before, what I used to do before was if someone did something great, I equated them to greatness, yes. yeah. and that was the issue. And now I've made that separation now where I'm just like, even if you do something great, it doesn't mean you're a great person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I even now in terms of celebrities, like this whole thing with like, um, the one Cortez in the states, and everything like that politician, like rising up. I think. Oh, yeah, she's great. But I don't know if you're a great person because you're a stranger on the internet. I'm going to distance myself from that. There's I'm also not... a
3: cult of personality building around her but very, very yeah, fast exactly. as well. So it's, it's tough. Okay, so if Kanye West emails you tomorrow and says he wants to work on Teddy Rock's <laughs> <Rex> album. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh,
6: Yo, okay. Those beats are good. You don't <laughs> admire him anymore, but you admire his music. See, yeah. the thing is like, Kanye West for me, um, I'm going to be honest, right? Because like this is a podcast, so I'm going to keep it 100. Kanye West for me, in terms of what he's done, terrible things. But not so much so that I'd be like I'd refuse that offer. Yeah. If you get me, like, and that's me maybe being a little bit of a hoe. And listen, if I'm being a bit of a hoe, I'm being a bit of a hoe.
1: At our level, we have to be, bro. <laughs> no, but there, there, there,
6: there's some people I'd be like, nah, I don't care. You yeah, know, I'd be like, you know, no.
2: Well, I okay. guess you could argue he's been spouting off opinions, but he hasn't been individually inflicting punishment on people or doing, do you know, it's yeah. a different level to uh, the I other mean, people I talking to about.
1: us and like, try to put us in MAGA hats or something. I mean, yeah, I'd be it, like, like, no, no <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, like, you, you, Imagine you, that
6: photo you, shoot. You <laughs> see people, I like, that's, that's, you, on that one. that's the problem because you see so many people, like you see people in this corner, like Pusha T or Tiana Taylor who are like, very pro-black, very like, yeah, over, yeah. like, you know, side like, you know, and like, all those kind of people. So it's like, I mean, they make peace with it. Maybe I can, too, make peace with it. Like, <laughs> Yo, am I better president Tiana Taylor? I don't think so. I don't know. Don't judge me. Well, you don't know her.
2: See, that's the problem. Yeah. How can you? You can't make any judgment on some people.
3: And also, know. like a lot of it is Twitter. A lot of it is social media. And like not having, not even like this. Like sitting up. Like I still think people in a room together having a chat is m- so much more important than like. I, like, I, like I've said before. Like I use Twitter. I don't engage with it as much as I used to because I'm just kind of. Same. same. Uh, you use Twitter all the time. Like, yeah, I don't <laughs> engage though.
6: Like I used to be. Like I usually like if I saw something that I agree with or partially agree with, I would say, "Hey, I disagree with this part of your tweet, right?" Yeah. And um, I'm just like. Why? I saw a tweet the other day. And it's so funny. I was telling Matt about this, right? Because it made me like furious for a second. I was like, "That's so upsetting and isolating." And I'm like, "I'm gonna say something." I'm like, "No, I'm not. You're a stranger. You're not gonna care or change your ways." It was like basically saying that it was a, it was a, it was like those like little meme of like the two people holding hands, like the pack thing. Yeah, and it's like black people and latinas, and then someone retweeted and said, "No, latinas are super racist. A lot of them don't accept the fact that they're people of color." Uh, and then like you know like. I was like, yeah, fair. And then someone retweeted that said, yeah, black people only have other black people, no one else. I'm just like, well, I feel like that's not true, you know? I maybe me living in a country that's predominantly white has to believe that's not true more so than other people. But then I'm just like, I don't know. I'm best friends with Matt. Megan's a cool person. Like I like I, I just feel like to say, I for me, I was like, I don't want you to isolate yourself and like think you cannot connect with people of a different race to because yeah. that's that's sad and kind of upsetting. But I was like. Who gives a fuck, bro? <laughs> I was like, I don't
2: give a fuck. It don't change <laughs> yeah. my life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? it's, it's not helping you to in mind, wade yeah. into but that. But how yeah. do you like like how
3: do you find, for example, I mean because like, I, I find that like especially like working for a website like Joe, where we get a lot of Facebook comments and it is Middle Ireland and it can be very like Craig's smirking because like <laughs> no, it's, it's usually very negative. No very matter. There, it's a dumpster fire. <laughs> it's yeah, no, man, no matter what we do, like the mm. readers are telling us how much they hate us. And I'm yeah. like, Okay, here's some free money, fuck you. And it's like, great, okay. <laughs> but like whenever like say like longitude, like like which is obviously rebranded and it's clearly like a reflective of of uh, Ireland's youth yeah. right now it's yeah. like it's it's very mm-hmm. hip hop focused it's, it's for kids it's for kids, it's for kids. It's yeah, person, yeah i, I sure. like i would have felt too old to go there 5 years ago let alone now like i mean like i don't it's not for me you know like i, I might want to see it start next but i know if i go i'm like well you know i'm going to you know a much younger kind of environment
6: well, that's, in, that's sorry to cut you off there but that makes sense cuz you're like it's not for me, so I'm not going to go. But there's people who will go in there and then be like, Whoa, why are all these kids here? I'm like, it's their festival. Exactly. Like, yeah, no, I <laughs> accept that.
3: Like, totally. I mean, but even as a music critic, I'm like, if I go, I'm like, well, look, you know, like, this might not be my environment per se, mostly because, like, for example, my fucking 16 year old niece wants to go there this year. And I'm like, that's, that's for you. That's your festival. I'm going to go to, like,
2: I guess, all together. You a now. family bonding thing, Dave, no? <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can take her. Yeah. Cool Uncle Dave. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, but I mean, I guess what I'm asking is, I mean, like, like, have you kind of found even directly, like, like going to, like, long playing? You played long yeah. tune, right? I mean, yeah. like, just kind of like, uh, from your own kind of perspective, like because it feels like outside looking in to a degree that like Ireland is obviously hopefully it's, I think Ireland takes fucking years and years and years and years to catch up to where anywhere near close where we should be, but like I you still I still see the comments I still see like a lot of kind of where like where are the where are the real bands where are the real acts like yeah. this isn't real music and yeah. and just which I think is kind of endemic coded racism from oh, people big and facts, yeah. or insane ignorance I mean like like or whether it's I don't know if this kind of middle ground but like. Uh, is it like something that you kind of from your perspective like, like as Tabby Rex like like a rising act in this kind of new kind of thing and I know mm. there's lots of guitar acts coming in as well that kind of being hyped up as well and I think there's an interesting kind of not so much clash but there's an interesting kind of coexisting going on right now musically yeah. Um, like how like I guess how do you just find it generally in Ireland I, as a musician like I do like, I mean
1: generally we're, I guess we're kind of in a, in a bubble to a degree that you mostly hear from people that are listening to your stuff or they're listening to stuff near your stuff so yeah. we're in the hip hop circle so we wouldn't People that come to our shows are obviously hip hop people. We don't really yeah. get a lot of backlash saying like, "Where's the bands with the stuff?" Plus, as a as a hip hop group, we are quite palatable as well. Um, and like, it's not a it's not always a super heavy sound. or kind of kind of like a mix of different genres that we throw in there all the time. We never kind of have that one strict genre but in that line.
6: I think, yeah, I think we would be like considered less graining or more marketable, I guess. But that also kind of gives us flack in terms of hip hop. It does, yeah. That then well. it gives us flack around okay, yeah, the yeah, circle, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. But not so much from because the, the indie groups and stuff. Yeah. I mean, if we went to an indie stage and played yeah there would be eyes rolling yeah. uh, like for example a good example of that is when we supported the blizzards in <laughs> Wheelands. so you know in the mainstay so we went down there and we, could play, and we were playing and you can see the front row with their arms folded staring at you just really? these older yeah, white yeah. people just I'm like, really pissed we, that you're there no. blizzards <laughs> <button's>
6: <laughs> we, we, we be making my jokes right so we be joking on stage so I'm like I, we originally want to go to do this show but then Brezy, you know asked me and that nigga tall as fuck because I was like yeah okay we'll do it and someone's like you can't call him that he's white from, the, from I was like, yo, calm down. <laughs> calm calm down, want. man. We just joking out here. I was like, oh, not. Yeah, that was like painful. And then, mm. I don't know, in terms of like the whole race thing, I mean, we did like the late, late show, right? And it yeah. was great because it was like, I, I, mm. I looked, I specifically didn't look at the comments, but like my friend sent them to me for some strange reason. And someone was like Some lady was like Yeah that was pretty good But what was all that rapping No one wanted that at the end and I was No like, one wanted that and I'm like well, No one asked for that Not Ryan <laughs> well, Not I, my lovely Ryan I think there's a tegel To the fucking song <laughs> <laughs> But you suck my dick huh <laughs> <laughs> Hang on! I'm glad
3: that you mentioned both the Blizzards and the Late Late
2: Show because oh, Craig, tell them,
3: tell them, Craig. Okay. Yeah,
2: I had a war of words with the Blizzards drummer on Twitter uh, a couple of years ago. It wasn't your performance. Uh, your performance was stellar, but it was their previous one, I guess. And I was just like at home. What's what on? I can't even remember. It, what was, it was one of their was. many comeback singles. Yeah, so it, it was like, was, like <laughs> their big comeback. It was like, but a, y- you were at home, a <laughs> cu- couple of glasses of wine. Yeah? <laughs> no, I think I had. I was on my second can. <laughs> alone on a Friday uh, night watching the Late Late Show oh and man, I was just I can picture even you and the deck in different rooms <laughs> 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 what even was the tweet it was just something like so the y- blizzards are still as woeful as you remember them or something like
3: that was I <laughs> think it was something more pointed but I think you hashtagged the Late Late Show no oh, I didn't you I wanted wanted you <laughs> <wanted> <laughs> <it>. no
2: I <laughs> didn't no 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 this is a social media issue that isn't true that, I, there was no hashtagging there was nothing like okay, that I'm it was sorry. just a statement to my many many followers yeah <laughs> I, so you
3: said something to the effect of like oh Jesus like the blizzards are like still horrendous or whatever the fuck and then all of a sudden the, the drummer
2: tr- was like what you talking about man? no he did after the
3: home, he did a vanity search and he came back to Craig and they got into a back and forth and at one stage he said was was back and forth it was no, back and forth yeah it was
6: very well, polite well, was he <laughs> like hey would that tear be like yes you are <laughs> but then
3: he said to Craig he goes are you a journalist or a generalist, a generalist.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any
3: sense
2: no, I, Actually, I remember what I said. I said, I'm something wasting my Justin evening watching the yeah. Blizzards or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. And then We've he, all done said, that yeah, he Yeah, he gave out about it. And then Ooh. I said, You've just played The Late Late Show to like the entire country. Why are you wasting your time talking to some weirdo on Twitter? <laughs> like, and on he the was like, i I've nothing else to fair, do. <laughs> i never
1: biting on that. Like, you can't, you can't do that. But I hate
6: the response of like, You like diss someone. like, Hey, don't diss me. Like, Hey, man, you should be doing better things than responding to people dissing. you. was like, Oh no, People you can be pissed off. <laughs> they definitely were attacked I, in it, but I think mean, people are allowed to be like, hey, that's a mean thing well, you Sorry, said. hang on, Craig, what are I you
3: saying? Him. No, no. What he's saying is you bottled it. That's what he's saying. You bottled your response.
6: Do
2: you think? Yeah. What should I should I have doubled down and said listen you should, mate, you should, you, should, you should shit. You should have be been like you should be like, okay. Criticize him. You should be like,
6: no, because like once again you're just you are like, listen to mate, I think yeah, this wasn't great. You've done better in the past, or something like that. But Uh, you were like, you you should be doing better things than talking to me. (laughs) Like, what do you mean you're talking about him? (laughs) (laughs) Why would you
2: waste your time just after doing like national TV, arguing with someone you don't know on Twitter? Twitter, Because people okay, 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 okay. talking
6: to people. This is (laughs) the thing with internet, right? Because people always separate. Imagine they did that show, right? Yeah. And they're in the green room and you walk over and you're like, that wasn't very good. And then walk away. You would expect him to respond to you if this was like in person, face to face. Because Because it's over the internet, you're like, you shouldn't respond to me. But if this I said it in a
2: different room that he wasn't in. But if he heard you he'd be like yeah. hey I oh, just did we, that uh, like he totally had every right to talk but it kind of fizzled out into a very polite like see you later man <laughs> like it a did rant, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
6: Dex and Joker oh but like I mean the new song dope right those Tebby Rex guys yeah, that's great. That Yeah, Amazing. yeah. yeah. I think
2: my criticism <laughs> really spurred them on to better things yeah <laughs> without
3: question alright I feel like we could talk all day about everything but we're gonna have to wrap it up so upcoming
6: guys yes. wrap it up yeah, it's how we're just getting started, boys I mean, like, I'd, <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to. No, no, to, but no, like, it's, it's cool, it's cool, man. Our it's interviews
3: fine. tend like, like we, we try and cap them about half an hour. If ha- we oh, half if, an hour as your usual. If I'm we can, go we can go longer if you Valentine's want. Valentine's Day, Dave. If you you, you want to keep this going? Ask them a questions, then go on.
2: Um, okay, guys. Um, lyrically, in terms of what you're doing, you're obviously mm. very open and honest mm. in terms of just like, I guess your stances will just kind of lay it all out there, which is mm. probably yeah. something in hip hop that is a newish thing, in terms of. Mm. I, I think you've seen the trend in maybe the last five, ten years when it comes to SoundCloud rap and stuff like that. People have got a lot more honest about their mental health issues, things not being great. It's not that kind of self-aggrandizing thing anymore. I would say
6: it was pioneered and here's the problem, it was pioneered by Kanye West. Yeah, I think so. The and, backpacker stuff, And yeah. that's the issue. mean oh, man, I, I hate the fact that Strange is so interwoven into everything I fucking do but it's just there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think like if you look at people like Brockhampton and shit like that, I feel like... I don't know. I think we all want the music we listen to to be as close to us as possible. I think we used to love the big, grandiose superstars. We loved that Michael Jackson's Bigger Than Life. We love people being bigger than life. But we like YouTubers popping off and that kind of whole vlogging stuff and everything, even mm-hmm. podcasts. And that's why I think podcasts are so popular because it's like
1: it's warm, the it's interview before is like
6: you got a slice of somebody and you love that slice and people want more now. They want bigger pieces yeah, exactly. at larger moments of time. So like, you could do the whole like aloof, cool rapper thing T- like do a great song that tells you absolutely nothing about the person which a lot of people do mm. or you could be like alright listen let's just mm. put it out there
1: yeah it's probably fair like I think it's a lot more interesting to find someone that actually speaks from personal experience and that kind of thing you can relate to it now the chances are for that artist that they'll they'll miss a lot of targets and a lot of people won't relate with it and won't mm. like it but that's not the point you know so
6: I mean yeah. our main critique is that we're corny but it's like a lot of you guys are lying so <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well, <laughs> you I hate that yeah, there's,
1: there's so much in like because like, we're very much like, you know, in an up and coming rising scene. That's, just, that's simmering up now. None of us are rich. None of us, are, I don't think any of us are even doing this full time, yeah. you know? And people are. I, I think, about, like two people are.
6: I think it's DeFaris and Kojak are the ones doing it full time. Yeah, that's fair. But That's like yeah. justice it. Uh, so when people are talking about money, I'm like, Money. We cars, play the same festivals. This, this, this. I know I got paid more than you for that festival. Why are you talking about money? <laughs> like, it's just not true, yeah, you know? Exactly.
2: Yeah. I was gonna say like that model of rap doesn't really work in Ireland. There's not a lot mm-hmm. you can boast about but really at this point. Of, no, we're yeah, we're broke. it seems so disingenuous, yeah. though, doesn't we it? We broke, man. Yeah. You know what that's because,
3: back to what I was saying, Ireland shouldn't have celebrities apart from a select few. Like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> What's yeah. the number? What, what should we cap it at? Uh, Celebrity five. Words? Five. five okay. I think mean, Killian Murphy should qualify.
6: Yeah. I know he was wearing a poppy though. Oh, he was. Yeah, that's Cancelled. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah he's cancelled. He used to yeah. love you, Killian. Bless you. Yeah, he was. He was swiftly cancelled.
3: Uh, I'm okay with that to be honest because I don't really give a shit about despite writing for Joe that I, I don't really care about Irish politics so I just don't really care yeah? I find Irish people to be you're annoying too jaded, myself yeah. very much included by
1: the <laughs> way <so. laughs> I always was uh, saying earlier today that I only consider you an Irish celebrity if you're better known than
2: Fungi. I mean if you're That's more a good famous than yeah, control, yeah 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 Fungie's definitely in that like top five or whatever I think Fungi's died and been replaced so oh 100%. no, is it no. The no. Is it yeah, 100%. did you say
1: Cork? Yeah. I thought
6: was from uh,
1: Kerry Kerry yeah
6: that, they, oh they are near each other yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, whenever we're going somewhere whenever <laughs> we're travelling for a gig he's like is that in the way to this is that near this I'm like no <laughs> never geography
6: <laughs> would you stop <laughs>
1: I'm you
3: very badly travelled to even within Ireland I've written extensively about Kerry in places that I've never been to I've used like, <laughs> like phrases like the lush green of you know like the <laughs> that's a good bet the, though that's a safe bet oh yeah best. it is oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, lush, crystal, there's a lot of grass crystal blue waters <laughs> well, I, had, I had
6: a job interview, and they were like hey we want you to write us an article about because it's this tourism place right they do a lot of tours and stuff like i want you to write an article about the tour that we have going on italy right now i'm like how yeah (laughs) and they gave us one of they gave like a former one that the other person did i'm like yeah but i and they're like okay we work this making new and make it whatever exciting i'm like i can't i've never been there like i don't know what you want me to say (laughs) hypothetically (laughs) i'm I'm looking at at pictures (laughs) and being like that looks like, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like something you can freaking do, you know, like, mm-hmm. or do well.
1: We've seen a lot of Ireland Dutch from gigging, which is great.
6: Yeah, uh, man, I mean, I, like, so once cool. again. You like, fall
1: in love with certain cities that you gig in, you're like, I don't know why would have never come here before. The, <laughs> the, more, the
6: more you leave Dublin, the shitter you realize Dublin is. Like, just, <laughs> just not good. <laughs> just not good of a place.
2: In comparison down. to, like, what other kind of cities have opened your eyes to so very f- different. For
6: this example, off the cuff, Waterford is prettier than Dublin as a city. Like maybe not better, definitely pretty. Much smaller. Cork definitely pretty. It's fully better than Dublin. I'm willing to die on this hill. I would say I'm trying to move to Cork first chance I get. Cork, the real capital of this oh, fucking country. It's a big time with a hill. Like <laughs> it's it's slope. That's, that's, even this looks <laughs> nice. The slope. Oh, this, this, looking at the slope, you're like that looks nice. Looks like the start of that scene in Inception where everything's fucking coming on top of each other. <laughs> Did you just compare Cork to Inception a little like,
3: bit. Wow, I've never heard that before. That's pretty. pretty that's pretty good.
6: Uh Derry.
1: Dairy man. Dairy. Yeah. Dairy, dairy, dairy. Dairy
6: just for the people, though. Like, or for Killian Murphy. Granted, London Dairy. Granted, Delphine. Oh. <laughs> 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 Killian Murphy, say something, nigga. Pinky blind her ass looking. Mut-
1: <laughs> 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 you see, so, Dave, this is why we should continue. I was <laughs> say say.
3: Yeah, 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 You're right. Yeah, let's, let, let's go a full error. Like, yeah. <laughs> Actually, ah, yeah, I, I can't, though, because sure. i got to go to that gig. So a
6: pain in Megan's oh. face. She's like, let's get the. But yeah.
3: God, yeah. <laughs> I'm very sorry. Uh, okay, so we'll, we'll we'll start to wrap it up now. <laughs> okay, uh, you are, okay, you got a gig coming up. You're doing the Nine All Ages thing uh, called Dublin Ascend in the Grand Social on the 13th yes, of April me. alongside yeah. Pillow Queens, God Knows, and Squarehead. Uh, that's an interesting gig. Do you find younger crowds to be better than older crowds?
1: That's the most we generic not, question I've asked all day.
6: We have not performed in front of younger crowds. No, not
1: intentionally. Once in Waterford, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, they put us on this outdoor stage during the day, but people were like having their dinner and kids were running around. They had like a bubble machine playing and our set would not be clean in any way shape oh, or form at all <laughs> like our, our chant that we do mid set is uh, when I say Tebby you say Rex when I say fuck my you say X and <laughs> people roar that and it's like kids running around the here. <laughs> I mean they tried to censor it but we couldn't Yeah. Uh, so hard. kids um, and gigs we don't know yet uh,
6: we're, gonna, we're gonna make it a clean enough set we also have
1: a uh, gig the 2nd of March in Cork oh, the real capital oh. of the country uh, <laughs> I see
6: what you're doing Cypress <laughs> Avenue you say. no no I'm hyping all my Cork people yeah come <laughs> on come on come on <laughs> uh, that'll be a be good crack though and then we have, I think, Natalia O'Flavery is playing the oh, she's great. headline show on the 13th. We're opening up for Oh, great. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Where's that? Sorry, Sugar Club, I believe. Yeah. yeah. In, in Dublin. Dublin. If you in like you, <laughs> you yeah. Dublin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I, not hate. Once again, just they are superior places in this country. And we tend to act like there's not. That's what I'm, I'm going to
3: cut like 15 seconds of audio of this. I use <laughs> yeah. that as the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. confess they despise Dublin. <laughs> no, 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 no.
6: The thing is, we all kill their band. So it's always, it's always fuck Dublin for life. Like. That's fair. That's the same fair. places people everywhere. Everywhere yeah. outside Dublin, Ireland hates Dublin. Like we all know this. We, what mean, was nice your what was
3: your your local Leak Slip chant thing? The tribal thing that you had going oh, on? Oh,
2: hiller, or hiller, or scum, scum. Yeah, because Leakslip has a hill that some people live yeah. on, and I was from the far end. I lived on was, that hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the thing. And like every year, there's a festival. There's a Leakslip festival. No, I've been, and it would just turn into sounds like a bit like Shelby. just running into yeah. each other, attacking each other.
3: I'm from Drada. D- Drogheda and Dundalk—that's the Springfield Shelbyville yeah, of my generation. I was right; you guys
2: like, didn't name Drogheda as one of the delightful <laughs> places. you've no, It's been. not a
3: city, and it's also oh. terrible. So.
1: No, we're just—you yeah. know—I think Leinster bands tend to claim Dublin quite easily. Oh, um, oh, it's gross.
6: <laughs> it is. It is. I was born there. That's gross. better. It's as far as I got, I'm the like, hospital. Like, man, I got receipts of people right now. JLOL, you live in Newbridge motherfucking the fucking there. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Never mind. That. <laughs>
3: Never mind nah. that the, the new single The new single Is number one symbol oh, Number one oh, symbol of peace Number one symbol sorry, I may have cut one one of of Oh sorry that's, that's probably my fault I apologise Number one symbol <laughs> of peace <laughs> Which uh, is officially out Two days after this podcast drops mm-hmm. Go check it out Enjoy that And Tebby Rex Thank you very much for coming in guys Thank you guys for having us Cheers yeah, yeah. Really Appreciate it Thanks so much
6: I any anybody That they guest list Front stage on the front page With the man I'm branded. I'm a similar piece. She peace. said I should cop on. She copped. I was too gone. I caught me a coupon. As a free pass. I repeat that. I was moving like a dickhead. Ice move to the next one. Yeah. I would text you. I'm tempted. Make amends on some friendship. shit. Put you French on the exit. So I ban when I see you. I could break in a minute. Break. Need a break for a minute. Break. What's the stake if you live in? Break. What's it take if I'm living? I won't break. So I'm Number one symbol of peace. 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 I got demons in my mind. Therapy a couple times. Yeah. Therapist says I'm fine. Thoroughly unaffected. But it feels like I'm drowning. I was built to a mountain. My ass if I'm crazy. Lately I don't even know. No. Feeling cold to the bone. But feeling broke if I'm rich. Feeling lost if I'm home. Yeah. Feeling lost in my body. Now I'm numb to an
3: eye. That was Tabby Rex, one of the most live interviews we've done. Run a bit of a roll now, Craig. See, see what you're missing, doggy.
4: What interviews are like? Easy time, what? Yeah. Um, i just War- missed the last two ones. Different interviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. Like the the, the train stops here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as noted, Tebby Rex are playing that upcoming gig with Nother Nine, the All Ages gig, which is a hell of a lineup. Go check that out as part of Music Town. And yeah, just follow them out on Twitter. They're interesting guys. They're fun. They uh, are. Yeah. Pillonated
2: cool. They're, they're not going to
3: do a Neil's From anytime soon. Let me tell you. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> like, no. Probably don't think they will. But who knows? They, they they live their own lives. It's grand. Songs of the week: five numbers. Five songs, lots of emotions.
4: <laughs> Dahi, give
3: me one of those numbers.
4: A number. That's going to give me an emotion. I thought we were in like a, <laughs> like, a like a drama it's school. Joy. Uh, I will go for uh, four,
3: please. Oh. It's Jenny Lewis. The song is called "Head's Gonna Roll." Dahhi, what emotion would you attach to this song?
4: Uh it's a grower, isn't it? I was like I listened to it first and I <laughs> <laughs> Growing. <laughs> For me it Gross. is Growth. <laughs> Growth. Maturity. <laughs> a
2: creeping sense of something. Uh
4: it's a nice song. It's really, really nice. Uh I kind of when I listened to it first I I th- thought it was pretty dumb it doesn't, but it's kind of down to the lyrics, isn't it? That really yeah. it, makes this stand out. Um, there is some absolutely incredible lyrics in here I really love that one Um, uh, even though we're just friends I just think of us as or I think of us as bookends which is like just a really really nice line Um, feels like a great song
2: yeah it's kind of like it's all in the details with a lot of Jenny Lewis stuff particularly with the lyrics as you mm. say because um, she's a great songwriter but she can veer into that like AM rock radio th- you know kind yeah, of thing yeah. where it's it's soft rock it's Fleetwood Mackey it's always pleasant and like well put together but the kind of meat of the stuff is in the story she tells and I think this is a really good ballad do you think Fleetwood Mac would have been as big if they were called Fleetwood Mackey um, I think they would have been bigger all right <laughs> i thought the Quite song frank. i thought
3: the song was absolutely gorgeous i thought it was an incredible deconstruction or construction rather of deconstruction see I, i've psyched myself out i would agree with <laughs> Dahi in as much as the first times i heard it i was like oh there's not much going on here is there but she manages to lull you in uh this beautiful craftsmanship yeah That's yeah. uh, what you
2: always get from her um yeah. it's been i think five years since her last solo album obviously her, by- like really? her stuff was great i think she's a bit kind of slept on um collaborated with a lot of people on this. Ringo's on drums on this. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, now I don't like it anymore. (laughs) Let's move on.
3: (laughs) Number one, please, David. Well, it's No Surrender FM. We're going to turn that dial. It's Mango and Mathman
6: for for some great night we're gonna make more. more just be right here. I really feel this could be, I can give me a a Keep the crowds moving, from the club to the street, so far.
0: Yeah, what's going on here? Truth to no surrender FM. Hey, Jackie from Pinnacle. Just wanna show all me girlos. we loved here,
5: that's <laughs>
0: Jackie, you you know we don't play that here. It's the wrong station
5: so
3: there you go a track that dropped last friday everyone's been talking about it i think it's a really good showcase for both men particularly mango and i really enjoy uh, certain aspects of it this essentially is what
2: what i was just like i couldn't really imagine this being quite your thing it's not my thing but i got into it it's because you hate grime
3: i love grime
2: is but- this grime I think it's growing.
3: I think it's Garage and yeah, Two-Step, actually. It's it's garage it's and Two-Step. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I've been calling this number all. <laughs> That's my favourite part of the song, by the way, because really? I don't know if the lady that they got Oh, to, uh, I was going to ask this as well. Is Is, no, 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 so not, is she... Sorry. Is, is, is sorry. She,
4: did she go on a date with the radio DJ? Or did the guy she went on a date with give... Like her, the number of the the radio oh, station hold instead on. This of her. Is intriguing. Wow. I mean, See, this is what I layers. can't figure out. There's layers to this, like because I don't, I, like, they don't make that clear towards the end as well.
2: I kind of want to hear it right now. Well, I yeah.
3: think I think whoever uh, did that did a fantastic job.
4: did did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, well, well, the cooler things about it is that like it, obviously Mango Muffin come from a, like, a very authentic place with this kind of stuff. Like you know, it's basically a love letter to like Irish, especially Dublin, like digital like, radio and yeah, stuff like that. Or pirate radio. Um, right. Reminds like,
2: me of the Power FM days. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs>
4: and that, like, you what know, days it, they were? Like, I mean, I would say anybody who came up on those scenes, yeah, like, probably like this. This, can, this is a really relatable song, you know, if you know what I mean. There's like really, really good parts as well that like I can recognize from the from the dance music scene as well, where he, like he's like, "This is a shout out to all the lads in the queue, like asking for." Um, Asking for a guest list or whatever. Like I didn't realize this was a thing, but I've realized now because of this song. Like whenever I'm playing in Dublin or if I'm playing somewhere, so these Dublin lads, what they do is when they're in the queue for the thing, they send you Instagram messages going like, "All right, bud, any chance of a fucking guest list or whatever?" So you'd put them on the guest list before they get up to the thing and they go. Out the guest <laughs> just so like there's apparently there's loads of lads who are just going around like, chancing their arm to get on guest <laughs> list around the place. Like, which is class. Like, finally, they've cool. been called out.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> but they've been hailed. It's like this is a shout out to them.
2: Yeah, all that kind of like pattern stuff is really. It's really kind of naturally done so it kind of works but it does just sound like So Solid Crew to me which isn't my thing but yeah (laughs) Wow I think that's the first
3: time Mango has been uh, compared to So Solid Crew he'll love that
2: (laughs) Well they had their they had their time (laughs) <laughs> um. no it totally works for some would it say is. it cut short <laughs> and like I'm, I've, not, like people talking about it yeah it, it sounds like it's custom built to be a hit I would imagine built. it'll do well right
4: yeah. like it is, yeah, I it this is gonna will be. A-
3: well the whole thing is like once again there's a tease for casual work the yeah. upcoming long mm-hmm. form between Mango and Mathman which has been teased for quite some time now and presumably because it's teased on this it, this won't be on it oh, it could be on it eh Let's well, track one. <laughs> like, <laughs> take that bit off. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you never you really uh, could re-release it. I'm not that, saying that they can't the go avant garde on this and <laughs> have some kind of narrative upon narrative upon narrative. I really like the track. I think it's a great showcase for them, ma- particularly at the ending. I find myself wanting another mango verse, but I think it's just right that we don't get one. It keeps right, you wanting yeah, yeah, yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of wanting more, I want a number.
4: Uh, I will go for number two, please.
3: It's Aldous Harding. She's opening for Villagers pretty soon. Oh, amazing! The song is called "The Barrel."
5: Out of nowhere. Look at all the peaches. It's already dead. I know you have the dove. I'm not getting wet. Looks like a date is set. Show the ferret to the egg. I'm not getting let alone.
2: What is it? Bottom of the barrel, Craig? <laughs> I would say it's uh, top of the barrel. <laughs> I'd say it's spilling over that barrel. It's, it's, it's a good, a good aged song. cast. <laughs> it's a good song. It's very, very earwormy. Uh, I love that bass. It's kind of uh, yeah, yeah. bobbing along.
4: The second half of the song, where she does like the kind of the second like backing yeah, vocal thing, yeah. is so the cool. backing
2: vocals really kind of yeah. just cement the thing. Um, lyrically, it's fantastic.
4: She's absolutely fantastic. She's she's like, you know, pretty much everything she's released in the last while has been really, really amazing. She's about to release an album, is
5: that
3: right? Yeah, I got to the last album late and after seeing a ton of critical praise for it and I was like, how good this, could this really be, guys? And it turns out it was fucking brilliant. She's a real talent. And yeah. I, I found some kind of national vibes on this with the the backing vocals and yeah. just the construction of it was really elegant. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of this, swept me away. It's been an interesting week, I think, for some songs of this nature. The Janie Lewis one is similar in that they're growers, and I think it's great as well that like right now, especially because this week we cut down like about. It's a really good week, week from music. Yeah, we yeah. cut down the songs of the week list from like fifteen, and like. I think it
4: might be kind of indicative of what's going to happen for the rest of the year because we were just saying off air there that like there's, there's a load of really good albums or hopefully good albums coming up. Mm-hmm, yeah. There's going to be a load of really powerful songs. I think it's going to be a good year, guys. I hope it is. Yeah, <laughs> I've yet <laughs> to really be. be <laughs> i
3: have yet to be fully blown away. But like, I, but I found like I've come back to this much like the January one. The more I came back to, it, the more I, I got stuff from it. So that's why it made the cut. Uh, something that didn't make the cut today, we might have about Next week, because I only landed today Hayden Thorpe from Wild Beasts, yeah, Craig.
2: Had a few listens this afternoon. The song is called Diviner. Yeah, 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 it's kind of what you would expect from him, which is very good. And
3: really quick, while we're doing a mini review, Kojak's got a new song, Dahi? Uh, he has, yeah, yeah. Um,
4: it was,
2: Shot.
3: Yeah, it was like
4: premiered on BBC Radio 1 this week, um, and there's a video coming out probably by the time you're listening to this. Um, as usual, it's absolutely amazing. I think they showed teasers of the video, um, recently,
3: and again, that's just like. Top tier, as usual. That's right. great. Hey, Dave, can I get a number? You can, Dave. Number five. Thanks, Dave. It's Only <laughs> Child by Tiero Wack.
0: If you didn't turn my heart so cold, I should work it sweet. Darling, darling, I've been praying for you, for you. I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you.
4: This is un- this is my favourite track of the week.
3: Well, interestingly enough, um, the uh, no encore top twenty albums of the year yeah. They were slightly askew because one member couldn't make it for yes. for circumstantial reasons.
2: But you were a huge fan, Craig, of Whack World. Whack World, yeah, um, it was one of my albums of the year. Uh, kind of blew me away. It was. It seemed like it could have been a bit of a novelty thing. Uh, Fifteen tracks long, which Dave wouldn't have liked. Fifteen minutes long, which Dave would have liked. <laughs> um, yeah, minute long songs, um, which is like you kind of think, oh, what's she Just going? Fell for over here? in my chair. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but she really made it work uh, left everyone wanting more and visually she was doing kind of videos alongside them it was great she's got a great sense of humour melodically she's interesting she's got great versatility yeah uh, that humor moves. really sh-
4: shines through on this track yeah. As well, yeah so
2: this is her kind of a uh, uh, full-length single um and the room to breed really kind of serves her well because mm-hmm. it is a kind of watery looping production thing yeah, there's yeah, not yeah, much yeah. change up but it's it's it works kind of as a canvas just for her to do her thing vocally and that's kind of what it is yeah. it's like
4: these like vocal delivery kind of ways of i think that's my favorite thing in rap at the moment is just yeah. like, Kendrick it's like Kenji Meyer has job. it as well this kind of thing where it's just like You deliver a phrase in this really unique way that's like super, super catchy. And that's like truly using rap as a kind of instrument, you know, which is great.
3: This, I really like it. I think it's excellent. Mm. However, not my favorite track of the week. No? My favorite track of the week is Lizzo.
6: pressed again i would do it for you all my friend ready baby
0: will you be my man wanna put you on a plane fly you out to wherever i am kept you on the low i was ashamed now i'm crazy about to attach your name.
3: That's right, that's called Cause I Love You by Lizzo A lot of hype about Lizzo Has been for some time actually yeah. I'm surprised we haven't Talked about her on the show before Yeah, we missed a recent song In which she plays a flute In the video I believe And everyone was raving about that um, the Juice, was that Was that, that song? Yeah, or was that a little Juice bit before?
4: Produced. Juice was in January um, Which was huge as well And I, I would encourage anybody Who wants to check her out To kind of just go through Her uh, yeah. YouTube Because Boys all of her videos Again well. is, is uh-huh. amazing Like yeah, yeah um, This track again is like Wildly different from the other ones yeah. But still has her like Amazing vocal delivery It's and a
3: fabulous a spin on the love song and also I mean I thought when I first this has been a real week for going back to songs I think Um, when I first heard this one the first couple of times on the surface level listens that you might do I found myself kind of being like, oh, like, is that big, you know, bandstand? Yeah. Da-na-na-na-na. And her like, This could have been, been basic out. as fuck. Like. But I was like, is that like earnest? Is that like, you know, whatever? And then I was like, actually, no, I think it's more of a pastiche thing. Because she kind of subverts it. Yeah. She yeah, subverts yeah, yeah. it because the whole idea of the song is, oh, I'm oh, fuck, I'm falling in love with this person. Oh, damn it. I thought I I thought I had control. And now I'm losing all that control. Yeah, yeah. And she does it brilliantly. And the, the lyrical couplets are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's so sharp on it. It moves brilliantly. moves at a clip. And just really cleverly written. Like really intelligently written, and the delivery worked because it manages to first of all function on that surface level. The more I heard, the more I was like, "No, nah, actually, this is this is well constructed." But also, the, yeah, that kind of like Shirley Bassey bond theme kind of yeah, bombastic, kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the track itself has a heart underneath it all, and I love that. I love that. And, and it's a bruised heart because she's just kind of like, ah, shit. You know, oh, fuck, like, it, like it's that thing yeah. of like, oh no, I'm kind of stuck now, and thus you you begin to spiral, and the song kind of spirals in, in, like, in like musically as well. So yeah, I'm really,
2: really blown away by this.
4: I I would predict that she's going to be kind of one of the bigger breakout stars of
2: 2019. Yeah. Isn't she? and this is just another example of her showing kind of the range of like, things she can yeah, tackle. Yeah. yeah, and she's from Minneapolis, which is always good. You know, always Prince, good. the replacements, Brock Lesnar. There you go.
3: What a city! Broccoli, <laughs> right, uh, we're going to come back home though, Craig, for our album of the week. Uh, presenting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dave, I'm ready to go home. Take me home. <laughs> presenting the third album from a bunch of gentlemen called The Gloaming, or as I like to refer to them, One Long Song. <laughs>
5: of
0: ground.
2: A who
5: That
3: was all his joy. From the Gloaming. Now, essentially, the Gloaming are a, uh, I guess, pedigree-laden act, super group. a super group,
2: yeah. Yeah.
4: So basically, um, Martin Hayes and Quivenoraleg is on uh, violins. Now, Martin Hayes, for my money, is the best fiddle player in the country. He's basically he's from Clare. He was in the Tullakelly band, and you can go back through his like previous work. And he used to be in the Tullakelly band. You could hear him playing fiddle amongst like ten fiddles because his his like playing style was so completely unique. Quivenoraleg is one of the kind of the first real proper traditional guys to use a whole pile of different stuff like delays and reverbs and effects and stuff so he's kind of moving into a more modern kind of section of the whole thing Dennis Cowell is like a long term collaborator with Martin Hayes and has not playing with Martin for years and is a guitar player who's just an incredible really good traditional um, uh, uh, guitar player and then Irla Leonard does all the vocals which is all a lot of kind of older especially for this album these kind of like older poetry and bringing it back in and then I think the real secret weapon for the gloaming is Thomas Bartlett who's quite a prolific producer who's worked with the nationals worked with um oh god so many irish acts and nico mullay and just if you look up his discography it's ridiculous like but the kind of idea around it is that you're taking these people who are absolutely incredible at traditional music and you're bringing all of it into kind of modern um i guess composing music yeah. i guess um this album compared to the other two feel like a much more Thomas Bartlett's album than the rest of the lads basically in what sense Um, there's a huge amount of this kind of like Nordic kind of ambient atmosphere stuff that goes in underneath it Mm -hmm. and the stuff that really brings it from a kind of a classical traditional tune to something a little bit kind of more special is the piano chords that are underneath everything so that's you're basically you're, you're you're surrounded by this like kind of basically like a forest of like really heavily reverbed um, piano chords that are changing the emotions of the the traditional Irish music because traditional Irish music, especially jigs and reels and stuff like that are so kind of um, upbeat and like powerful that he's kind of adding this kind of more thoughtful, more kind of minor chord kind of feel to everything underneath Um it's definitely it feels like more Thomas Barlow's record than than anybody else's on this one I think he kind of re-comes to the fore he also as a producer does a huge amount of stuff in this record that is completely unique to kind of traditional music for instance all the lyrics he does like weird stuff with delays every so often he takes turns and stuff and all of this type of production style I'm so surprised that it hasn't happened in traditional music before because it just suits it so well I think like it comes across really well you know
3: I'd like to point out that the reason I kind of made that crack at the start the the one long song thing it's a reference to an American Dad joke in which someone is speaking about a musical genre that they really I don't know how to talk about essentially <laughs> because this is the truth uh, like I was having this conversation today and I was saying that like when it comes to the gloaming when it comes to traditional Irish music mm-hmm. I'm not educated enough yeah I'm just not and I I've, I would struggle to ascertain like like everything you were saying there, I was like, "Oh wow, he's really good at this," <laughs> because <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't have that level of knowledge, man. Yeah. And thus, when it comes, I, I like, and to be fair, with most albums that we talk about, with, with most music that we talk about, I always go from how it makes me feel uh, physically and yeah, uh, like the, what I derive from it emotionally. And, and what what did you get from this then? Um, it, it was the first album in quite some time that genuinely brought me somewhere. Okay. And some of that was because I was listening to it on a train journey today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's such a good travelling record. Did <laughs> really it was. bring you home, David? It brought, me, it brought me back to Dublin, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, to be fair, I was also going to like, one day I was going to tweet out, uh, listening to The Gloaming on a Train because I'm 87. And then I thought, that's a bit <laughs> what? mean. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So, yeah, now you're just you're putting up the <laughs> yeah, walls. You're, yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, <laughs> come on. But the whole point is that this album <laughs> broke down the walls uh, uh, because I thought it was, I, yeah, I, th- I think that this might be a masterpiece uh, in as much as uh, I I find myself in a situation where i'm like i find it really difficult to differentiate trad mm-hmm. like from walking into a pub like the Cobblestone or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. or something because the way you've described this is like it's clearly like a fucking all-star game oh yeah completely like of yeah, trad. Yeah, yeah absolutely but I, I don't think i i don't think i have the grounding to really acknowledge that versus say like I, I i i wouldn't be able to speak at length about what is good trad what isn't good trad yeah obviously everyone can recognize a bad musician or whatever, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the gloaming, um, i f- like they won the Choice Prize like a few years ago, and yeah. I think that was a surprise because in terms of like contemporary young critics or whatever the fuck that may or may not mean, um, the fact that. I, you know, I, I went to this even with hesitancy, and even when it starts off, and it's it's so earnest, it's so. It- and
4: this this was a thing that I that I would say as well is that one of one of my kind of the things that you see with this record, and especially with Irland Leonard, with well, the only criticisms that I have of the record is Ir, Ir, so Irland Leonard has taken a whole pile of this like very old Celtic poetry, mm-hmm. all in Irish, and transferred it to singing, and the way he's delivered it is like so in earnest that it almost feels like like musical theater at times or something like that. And there's certain points where it's even like it's almost like as strong as like a take that song or something like that. There's like these like really powerful points. And for me, the the sonics and the the way the atmosphere is created underneath those is a good bit more powerful than the I way he's delivering almost. those. But
3: it's, all, it's mostly an instrumental album. Yeah. Uh, unless, and, like, I somehow zoned out so hard that no, I was not No, no,
4: definitely. just comes in in part. Yeah, yeah, and you you get to these sections where it rises up. I think, like, Sheen's Jigs, and there was another track that just came up just around there, The Old Road to Gary. Like, those two are, like, like jigs and reels, like, like kind of burst up out of these really dark areas where he's, he's done something, and then it shoots up. And I think that's where they're at their strongest, where it's, like, they're taking, like... It, this like I think the gloaming always try and do this like un- thing about just bringing like this unbridled joy to people. It kind of like brings it up. They're kind of very very positive at their strongest points, and and the way they've delivered those jigs and reels would make it way more accessible to anybody like the best the best way to describe it would be if somebody asked me I want to get into traditional music this would be the first album I would yeah. want them to
3: does that lessen its impact though as a traditional Irish piece of work
4: and this is the, but this is the thing I mean like it's hard to describe how mental this is for for a traditional, for any traditional Irish musicians, like the whole idea, like it means literally in the name tradition. Like you know what I mean? There's like so. My grandfather would be a fairly well-known concertina player who would like get angry if people played like a reel too fast. Like there's certain ways that these tracks like are usually have to be played, and like that signifies if you're like a very big like die-hard traditional Irish music fan, that's what you would like. It's hard to know, and I would be really interested to see what a lot of say the the uh, very diehard traditional Irish musicians would think of this I mean I would imagine that some of them would even think that it it's hardly traditional music
3: yeah have the mm-hmm. gloomings sold out essentially I, I don't think they've sold, <laughs> sold out Like
4: <laughs> now to be fair they've, what they've sold out is the National Concert Hall seven times in a row so there's obviously an appetite for this but like <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I didn't I think, think it's a the DJ really good Khaled
2: record. kind of drops halfway through do <laughs> yeah. anything for the creative spark. Yeah, yeah. You thought you um, could escape trappies Mango and Madman's
4: radio section was better than this one, yeah, probably.
2: Exactly. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, this totally feels like it should be in the conversation of um, kind of contemporary classical almost or like yeah. the minimalist stuff of Steve Riker. Yeah, like A exactly. lot of it struck me as like Bartlett's playing, reminding me of Thomas Newman's soundtrack work, and there's a lot of kind of reference points. And that piano was, as you were saying, what anchored me as someone that, like Dave, just couldn't... Like, I can appreciate the kind of craft of the fiddle, but I don't know how to differentiate the kind of level of class, I guess. So those kind of movements where he brings a very kind of American Christmas. I guess. That's completely what it is, yeah. yeah. And he is
4: American, like, and, like, he has this kind of very... just the way he's produced the, vo- like, you can feel that the, the the piano is so muted. And that's like a really fashionable thing now in, like, say, like Niels Fram, like we were just yeah. talking about, or Oliver Arnold's, or those kind of guys. He's used that production in this. And, I'm mad for that stuff as well like so this is like tailor made yeah mm. like
2: because that stuff was gorgeous just as a kind of guiding principle throughout and then Mm -hmm. the kind of performances on top of it were just like dancing around yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and really kind of recontextualized some of the more kind of I guess traditional reels and stuff that like, I come with a lot of baggage to this where I just never really was into trad. And, mm-hmm. there's, you know, we kind of associated, if you didn't grow up in that culture, with, you know, kind of school stuff or just... Yeah, You yeah. know, kind of thing where it just kind of, if you don't have the knowledge, it can sound cliché to the kind of untrained ear. Completely, But yeah. I felt with this production, when the kind of fiddle entered it was in a completely different environment and context and yeah. it just really spoke to me.
4: And with that production, like there's, there's a really interesting thing here as well that I was thinking while I, while I was listening to it as well. Something, again, that traditional Irish music albums barely ever do or even think about is like they'll play one say violin piece where it's like this very strong Martin Hayes like really confident sounding clear tone off the fiddle and then suddenly it'll cut over to uh, Quivine and it'll be this like really throaty weird sound which is still a fiddle it just sounds so different. And that's like one it's of my not like favorite a things. like
2: Scandinavian variation of the instrument. Though, yeah. And
4: nice. w- what it's basically doing is you're taking less rosin off the bow and you're playing okay. farther down. So it's just like a style of playing that nobody ever does in traditional right, Irish music. Right. But like in classical music, it's a big thing because you create, like, that's one of the best things about the violin is that you can use it to make a load of different sounds. But traditional Irish musicians usually never think about that style. It kind of intru-
2: introduces like discord and different emotions to mm-hmm. it. It's just going to really be so the pop. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's just
4: it, like, I mean, because they're long songs. Like if you're not introduced, into our traditional music like usually what happens is it's like you'll do a reel and then you'll do another reel straight into it and then you do another reel and that's like long but by changing the actual sonics of each of the instruments they sound so wildly different that it does feel like classical movements yeah. as opposed to like a reel to a reel to a reel i'm gonna know?
3: ask you a very basic question deliberately yeah did What's you- fiddle? <laughs> <laughs> did
4: you like this I I did really really like it, yeah. Um, I I, I I the the poetry sections um weren't as strong as the other parts, and the other parts were so incredibly strong, and I was so lost in them that when it got to these certain areas, it graded a small bit. So I mean, I will definitely be coming back to this album again, but there will be parts that I might even skip over. Would your not grandfather even sure. like it? Uh, I don't. Uh I would be really interested to to see that actually, and I will definitely be playing for 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 him at some point because oh, it's just really hard to know. Like I I keep thinking like when I when I was showing the stuff that I was doing at the start, which is kind of a bit more traditional, he was always. Uh, he was always kind of going... He was like, oh, this is great. It's music, but it's not traditional music. And he was fine with that. Like, it was a totally grand thing. Um, so I, I guess it, you'd probably split it into two questions is wh- whether he would like it or whether he thinks it's a traditional Irish music.
5: Yeah.
3: I mean, when I said at the start of the like, you know, I think it's a bit of a masterpiece. I am, I am strictly referring to the music, which is not to
2: denigrate the vocals, mm-hmm. but it's more that I do think the vocals... Uh, I agree they're not strong. Um, I, I felt his kind of... He's obviously got a great voice. His we- His phrasing and... The way I guess he speaks Irish, it has that kind of catch, that kind of cultural yeah. thing. Which and I think part of a bit, yeah. part of that is because it's old poetry it that, totally he, is, that yeah. he, he
4: probably can't change. So he's probably trying to shoehorn a little bit. That sounds a little, it very did take like, me out of the music, rude, but yeah, like it did. Yeah, it, it, did. Did. yeah it, did. it
3: didn't take me out of the music. Generally, I think it's because if it took me out of the music, it's because again they're not that prominent. And then when they come back, you kind of feel like oh shit, it's not just a pure instrumental album. Um, yeah. And I guess I understand the reasoning for that, and it didn't bother me. And it's interesting that it kind of follows our chat with Nilo last week, where we talked about the idea of you know accents and you know an Irish thing, and the idea of maybe having a rejection of something because it's so endemic. And he quoted Paul Allwright saying it was like stigma left over from colonialism, which is an amazing uh, take on it. I think <laughs> I'm yeah, not saying that that necessarily true. applies, but it was definitely in my head of points. Uh, at no point did I find the vocals a barrier. Uh, however, I think the mu- I think the craftsmanship here is astonishing. Yeah, like it's fucking brilliant. The just pay- even the, the uh, way
4: it sounds, like it, it'd be something that you'd go to if you had a new sound system and you'd want yeah, to like yeah, hear yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. The fourth
3: like this. track, "The Pink House," yeah, is, yeah.
4: isn't it amazing? It's, it's and just so slow and methodical. I'm, I'm trying to like, find the
3: right superlative. Like, it, it, yeah, it, yeah, I'm yeah, when the payoff clicks into that yeah, song, yeah, yeah, it's it's spectacular. Yeah, like, it's amazing. It's spectacular. And
4: can you like? I mean, I was I was looking at videos of them the last day about like them in the studio and stuff because I was just fascinated by like this is, as a as a production alone without the music. It's actually incredible. And, like, they're playing all of this, like, together. There's no, like, okay, you do your part, then I'll layer my part. They're actually in a room (laughs) doing this together, playing at the same time. Like, that's
2: insane that all of these performances are so strong, you know? Um, It it worked for me. I mean, you know, we're talking a lot about the level of talent and the craftsmanship, Mm -hmm. but there were moments where even just, like, to the uneducated ear, like, just really hit home the emotion of it. Like, the stuff, parts of the lobster, where that kind of, the violin, or the fiddle, is just so kind of quivering and it's just achingly beautiful and there's Mm. loads of those moments that just really connect on a kind of gut level straight away it would be I guess an 8 for me
3: yeah I'm going 8.5 okay I, I, I when it worked for me and it worked for me most of the time, it really did something like it really got under my skin in, in the right ways. Uh, again, I wonder like this is gonna be a challenge to myself now, and as much as like how often will I go back to this when I'm not having to review it? Yeah, yeah, I hope it's more than I than I think it will be because again, like trad is not my speed, it isn't. Yeah, it's just yeah, not yeah. it's just not my thing. But the gloaming continually make me appreciate music, so that's pretty good. your yeah. speed is
2: full throttle. Yes, uh, my speed is ultrasound. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a thing? Uh,
4: Yeah, I mean, it it feels pretty tailor-made for me now because it's like Nordic kind of piano, like really nice kind of stuff, like ultra-ironals and that kind of stuff, and mixed with traditional music, so I'll give it a nine for sure. All right,
3: wow, very good. This episode of No Encore was engineered by our sonic architect,
2: Eve Murray. Let's move to the other listening corner, Craig Fitzpatrick. I've been listening to the new EP from Broken Social Scene. It's 20 minutes long, so it's technically an album. Um, (laughs) It comes just over year after after a hug of thunder which was their kind of big return after a while away um and this is kind of almost them like checking in and being like yeah we've still got a lot to say uh it's a lot of instrumentals the lead single all i want it didn't really do a huge amount for me there is kind of better treasures to be found on this so it's definitely worth listening if you're a fan
4: um, I wasn't here for the Grammys, so I didn't get to chat about the Grammys with you guys. It's it's, but, your, uh, it's your biggest night of the year. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But I I, tr- I tried to see the positive note in the Grammys, and and uh, I like looked down through a lot of the nominations and found an album that like I would never have found or listened to before. Oh, so cool. the best jazz vocal album was an album called uh, The Window by Cecile McLaurin Silvant who's an American, and that's actually amazing. And I, again, a bit like the gloaming, if you want to get into vocal jazz, which I've never I even gone close I to before, do. it's it's on. <laughs> Real, it's really really nice.
3: I spent some of the week listening to Ladytron's self-titled album and comeback record, uh, well reviewed, well received. I've always had a lot of time for Ladytron. Caught them in two thousand and eight, mm. back in Tripod. May it rest Aww. in peace. Great gig. Um, I think uh, this is a really good album in as much as it it starts off quite fantastically. Um, brilliant atmosphere really really uh, darkly crafted electro pop which I'm, I'm, I'm always on board for um, the Lady Tron problem that I've always kind of had is similar to the New Order problem that I would have in as much as I think vocally over the course of an album you do get a little samey and you do thus start looking at your watch with this album I would have happily lost about four tracks but what's good is really fucking good and definitely worth checking out the first run of four or five songs in particular are quite strong and it's just great to have them back Really, yeah um, so yeah that's the show this week guys. great well to on. have Dahi back oh, hey. great to be back hey. thanks guys uh, I, so I, I I went to the wrestling with the ghost of Regan. um <laughs> <laughs> uh, he sends his the love he sends his love to the show and to the listeners. he's, the still, list. in our he's still in our Whatsapp group, <laughs> group. he's still uh,
2: yeah he's still in the no encore Whatsapp and group and there was if he's listening to this there was that amazing moment where he's just like should I like leave or something and we're all just kind of like no, gosh, sure, whatever leave. you want <laughs> like, he's still there and and quite vocal yeah up every and now good and then. to have him. Yeah, great to have him. Yeah, uh, he
3: watched the Bros documentary, by the way. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Sorry, oh, Bros are playing. We, yeah. in Cork. Yeah.
4: Cork uh, we have yeah, to Cork and yeah. Belfast. Do you want to go down to Cork? Yeah. Do yes. like a staff let's party? Do we yeah. Do we and and we'll get
3: Cullum involved. Um So yeah, let's go see Bros in the summer. <laughs> they were at the Brit Awards, by the way. They they, presents, they? they, <laughs> they presented an award and man, Lucas for an actor. I mean, live and up, mate. <laughs> he was like, it's great to be at the Brit Awards. Let's look at the nominees for our <laughs> best. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. That's
2: the way you act when you're an 80s pop star. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, he needs a bit of life and a bit of spark. And that's what we have with our exit music this week. New act by the name of Host. The song is called Taste of Your Love. It's for fans of Wolf Alice and The Cure and The Smiths, and all that kind of stuff. As long as, uh, And also, I should say, people who enjoy like dreamy synth house bop music, basically. I thought this was really good. That's why it's exit music. My name is David William Hanready This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. And this is Host with Taste of Your Love.
0: Podcast is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. The been thinking about McDonald's
1: all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal.
6: There's a deal for every moment
1: at McDonald's
0: right now. Get two of your favorites for just three 50 mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble price and participation may vary. cannot be combined with combo meal, single item at regular price. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the everything iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about splash refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not.